All right, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard, and I guess before we begin, we will uh, make a very important announcement. Uh, Donald Trump wants everyone to be sure not to call Chris Christie a fat pig. Uh, there was a clip today where Trump was speaking at a rally, and he, multiple on multiple occasions, made it very clear that... Uh, he said, sir, he was talking to someone in the audience, sir. Uh, for, well, first of all, he was indicating that Chris Christie was eating, so he was very busy with his eating. And then he said, sir, uh, do not call him a fat pig. We don't do that. Definitely do not call him a fat pig. That's not, uh, you, you can't do that, and, then, and so we're not going to do that. Hilarious. Absolutely all-timer, uh, and I think he's in 2016 form. All right, let's start here. We have a poll. Uh, Ron DeSantis, in this poll at least, in New Hampshire, has dropped to single digits. It's not good. Ron DeSantis has fallen to the single digits in New Hampshire, one of three states his campaign is primarily focused on. And I believe, uh, what was it? Was Mitchell? T today he was like, oh, he's winning. He's winning New Hampshire. Is he? Okay, interesting. Okay. The survey asked Republican primary voters... If the primary for president was today, uh, who would you vote for between these candidates? Trump remains on top, garnering 43% of the vote field. No other candidate comes remotely close. And then you just have all these people that don't matter at all. It just doesn't matter. Um, and then he, there was another clip of Trump. He was talking about the debates and he was, and he he asked the audience. He said, "Should I debate?" And the audience cheered. And then he brought up a very good point. And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "He's like, you know why some people want me to debate for entertainment?" And and then he said, "They they selfishly want entertainment." And I was like, "Yes, correct. That's me. That that's exactly correct." Uh, whether or not Trump debates is completely irrelevant to the numbers. It doesn't matter. This primary is over. Uh, however. Uh, I would like to see him debate. Um, I would, if you ask me, do I prefer to see him debate? Of course, I would prefer to see him debate. But I don't give a fuck from the standpoint of like, is it going to matter? No, I just want to see as many debates as possible. This is the last election cycle for Trump, so I just want to see as many of them as I can. Uh, but uh, but anyway, now of course, when I say this primary is over, if this is going to be a normal primary, if there's gay ops and they try to take him off the ballot, it's a totally different uh, ball game. But Anyway, to me, that will be the complete uh, uh, dismantling of uh, elections. And uh, there's not a circumstance where I would vote for Ron DeSantis or whoever they give it to if there's a gay op and they just give it to someone. I don't care who it is. I, I'm not, I'm not going to vote for them. I'm writing in Trump if they take him off the ballot. And that's it. And that's for the primary and the general. And there you go. I'm an unmovable Trump voter. And, uh, you know, to each his own. I, I, if... if I have no other people want to vote for other people. That's fine. I don't care. I'm not going to tell you to vote for. But uh, yeah, there's no way I'm not voting for him. And um, so we'll see. But I would like to see him debate. But it, it doesn't really matter. Now we have Arizona. Trump leads Joe Biden, holds a 47 point advantage. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's over. What do you want? What do you want? The primary is over. Um,. Trump leads Joe Biden in a hypothetical presidential matchup, 45-43, uh, 
And then he's up 58% to 11% uh, uh, over DeSantis. Again, totally over. He's almost up 50 over DeSantis in Arizona. Good luck. Good luck. So uh, then, so, so I guess we're having another reboot. Is this the fourth reboot? Uh, Ron DeSantis hires a new presidential campaign manager. Now, that is a smart move. Uh, his campaign has been abysmal. Um, they really, I don't know who the hell's running this campaign. And uh, they suck. I think this person's probably going to suck too. But anyway, uh, DeSantis has hired his top advisor to lead his campaign as the primary season officially begins to heat up. Yeah, it's heating up really, you know. With the first debate only a couple weeks away, DeSantis replaced Genera Peck with James Altmeyer, who served as the Florida governor's chief of staff and is considered to be one of his most trusted and conservative advisors. Okay, I mean, good. Look, I would like Ron DeSantis to try to at least save some face and not completely destroy his political career. Um, but uh, it does not look... You, just, you have the guy going out there pretending the 2020 election was legitimate. I mean, look, some of the stuff he said was fine. You know, as far as how they changed the rules at the last minute, that's true. And that's a good thing to say. But if you are pretending that there was no fraud, then you're full of shit. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. Uh, by the way, let's talk about election fraud. Now, look, uh, if you've been watching this channel since 2020, um, there's already an overwhelming amount of evidence for the fraud. But if you just wanted a little more, Gateway Pundit has you. Here's a new one. This is Michigan. Um, massive 2020 voter fraud uncovered in Michigan. Police find tens of thousands of fake registrations, bags of prepaid gift cards, guns with silencers, burner phones, and Democrat-funded organizations with multiple temporary facilities in several states. Right. This is... So, so basically... The Democrat status quo is what was found. This is not some sort of bombshell, okay? This is what they do, okay? Now, uh, if a person's like, oh, it's a bombshell, that, well, well, first of all, all, all the shit before then would be a bombshell. Um, what I reject is the idea that this is like, now we got it, we've had it, motherfucker. We've had it. It's not like suddenly we have the evidence of the fraud. We've had it the whole time. We've had it the whole time. But this is good reporting. It's always good. Hey, I'm always willing to go over a new uh, piece of it. Uh, that's fine. But I'm just saying that like this, is, this has been over for years, okay? This is like if they, if they were like, hey, there's a groundbreaking study that the vaccine causes myocarditis. Well, okay, great. There's a new study. Fine. But... That shit's been dangerous for years. It's not like suddenly, oh, it's bad for you. No, it's been bad for you. But anyway, yeah, this is the status quo for Democrats. This is what they do. They cheat their asses off. So, you know, it's not surprising. Uh, on October 8th, 2020, only one month before the general election, Muskegon, Michigan City Clerk Ann Meitch noticed a black female whose name was redacted from the police report dropping off between... Eight to 10,000 completed voter registration applications at the city clerk's office. The Muskegon Police Department was contacted and asked to investigate uh, on 10-21-2020. 
First Lieutenant Mike Anderson was contacted by Tom Fabus, uh, Chief of Investigations for Bitch Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel's office. According to the Michigan State Police report, Mr. Fabus asked for Michigan State Police assistance with a joint investigation of alleged voter fraud being conducted uh, by the Mestigian Police Department and the AG. An investigative task force was formed and the investigation was initiated. Um, the, Mus the Muskegon City Clerk became suspicious uh, when she hand-delivered thousands of voter registrations to her office, many of them in... Now, again, if you've been following election fraud, okay, if you've watched this channel or others, there are other people that have covered it, you're, this is the same shit that we've been saying the whole time. What do you think one of the characteristics of all these ballots was? The signatures were in the same handwriting. Oh, I can't believe it. Yes. The, by the way, this is exactly... This is why I'm, the people that say there's no evidence are fucking liars or are, are completely retarded. Okay, like you are worthless as a commentator if you um, are supposed to be independent and not a corporate media whore. If you act like there was no election fraud, that's ridiculous. You suck. You fucking suck. So, okay, same handwriting. This is completely consistent with the hearing in Michigan and in the other states where you had poll workers and observers who all signed affidavits, uh, and and many of them said the same thing. There were other characteristics as well. One of them was like none of the down ballot races were picked. It was just the general, and it was and 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 then like the percentages for Biden were impossible. Okay, um, and they and the, or the ballots looked different than the other ballots. Uh, um, oh, mail-in ballots came in in sequence. Impossible. That's impossible. So they have numbers, right? It is impossible to get thousands of mail-in ballots. We are supposed to get them from all over the place. It's a, 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 the numbers are always going to be all over the place because they come in at different times. It's impossible to get thousands of ballots all in the fucking same sequence. That's ridiculous. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of it. So... Once again, the thing I'm pointing out is the consistency of the eyewitnesses of the fraud that testified under oath. That's all ignored. Um, and so this is the same, same thing. Same thing. What was I watching today? I forget what I was watching today. They were talking about uh, the election. And on the one hand, it was a good comment because they were like, look what they're doing. They're cheating right now by locking up their political opponents. And I was like, that's a good point. And then they were like, they were talking about the 2020 election and they brought up the Arizona audit. And this wasn't like corporate media. These were like decent comments. I just forget who it was. And they were like, yeah, that the Arizona audit found absolutely nothing. And I'm like, almost 60,000 ballots were found to have uh, not supposed to count, or, or, or let me rephrase it. What was it, like 57,000-something ballots shouldn't have been counted? That's nothing? What was the margin of victory in Arizona? What, are you kidding me? That's nothing? I, I, like, I don't understand. We're, okay, whatever. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. What I think it is, 
it's well it depends on who we're talking about when it's tim pool i think it's about the term as a service for youtube okay uh other people they might not have looked into it as much and i do think the corporate media did a good job of erasing all of the hearings from the ether they just erased them uh they acted like they didn't happen and or that they were somehow illegitimate and that these people didn't sign affidavits and they said you know that uh, you know if they're lying they'll go to jail whatever the fucking you know wording is with those and people just kind of you know they just they they missed it i don't know it's fucked up it's really it's a hell of a thing the the biggest heist in the history of american politics at least as far as i'm aware and you get some of these halfway decent commentators and they just they 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 completely miss it. It's amazing. Anyway, back to this. So they noticed that they had the same handwriting. Um, now, of course, actually, so with signatures, right? It's one of the reasons they won't do signature audits. It's one of the reasons where, whether it's Georgia or Arizona, um, yeah, and oh, yeah, and again, in Arizona, what do you? They found nothing in Arizona. Well, actually, actually. I don't want to conflate the two. Uh, in Arizona, and to be fair to this commentator, they were not bringing up Carrie Lake. They were talking about 2020. Uh, but the Carrie Lake one, they had the uh, testimony where there is a certain set period of time. I forget how long it is, a minute, 45 seconds or whatever, that it takes to match a signature. And, um, the, the, and, and there was a similar thing they did in Georgia where it they went through they claim to have gone through signatures in an impossible amount of time um in in georgia for example it was testified that um they were supposed to be doing ballot curing right and so what what they or is it curing when they try to figure out the intent of the voter i think that's curing anyway whatever the fuck it's called so what they'll do is you'll have a fucked up ballot that's that's like questionable and then the workers are supposed to figure out um what the intent of the voter is so uh they completely did not actually you know do their job and they just put biden for all of them and you can look at the amount of time it took it, it took an impossibly small amount of time for them to do a fuck ton of ballots. Now, if all of those ballots were truly for Joe Biden, you would take your goddamn time, okay? But because they were cheating, they want to fucking just rush it through and make sure no one sees it. Because if it's your guy, think about this. If it's your guy, you want to make sure that you're dotting the I's and crossing the T's. If you're cheating, you want to fucking obfuscate as much as possible. But anyway, like I don't want to get too in the weeds with all the different details. But again, the uh, the no evidence crowd can suck my fucking dick. Anyway, so back to this article here. Um, so on 10-20-20, which was the deadline day for in-person voter registration applications, the suspect returned to the city clerk's office to deliver additional registration forms in person. Meisch estimated that the suspect brought an additional 2,500 forms. Meisch contacted the Muskegon Police Department and Detective Logan Anderson and Captain Sean Bride conducted a non-custodial interview with the suspect. 
Mice said that in her opinion, a quantity of the voter registration forms was highly suspicious and probably fraudulent. Mice's opinion was based on the fact that numerous forms appeared to have been completed by the same writer and upon initial examination, addresses on multiple forms were invalid or non-existent. That's common. Mice uh, investigated further and found that phone numbers on multiple forms were erroneous and signatures on multiple forms didn't appear to match signatures on file with the Department of Secretary of State. Examples included an address in the and another in the redacted. Okay, those addresses did not exist in the Muskegon City housing number system. Another form listed 80. By the way, uh, you know, and it it was just a small example of it. But Crowder, uh, and credit to him, during you know when this shit started popping off, Crowder sent his guy to look at. Was that in Arizona? I think I forget. I forget where. But uh, he had his guy. Uh, find the addresses to all these uh, um, uh, different ballots, and guess what? They didn't exist. Oh, that's uh, what a coincidence. So good for him. Because um, at the time, it was very controversial to do that. The addresses did not exist in the system. Another form listed 80 West Southern Avenue, which is the address for the high school and is clearly not a resident. Later in the report, the name of the female suspect was unredacted. The Michigan State Police investigator assigned to the case spoke with the female suspect, who explained that she was being paid $1,150 a week to find unregistered voters and provide them with a form so they can get registered to vote or obtain their absentee ballot. The only problem is the handwriting on the voter registrations was the same on several of the registrations and many of the addresses were non-existent or fake. Michigan Attorney General bitch Dana Nessel, who is currently attempting to prosecute 15 senior citizens and the former Michigan GOP co-chair. By the way, I, 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 um, I don't listen to Tim Pool a lot, but I did catch it tonight and I was a little bit surprised to see that like they, they, they know where we are here. They were talking about the fact that they are expecting commentators to be locked up. I was blown away by that. I was like, hold so, because what that means is, you know, a lot of the shit that I say is I'm making fairly obvious observations. I think really the vast majority of my commentary, I think is I'm just making fairly obvious observations, particularly about commies. And they're the most predictable people on earth, okay? Um, and historically, there is a pattern with all this shit. So when the censoring starts, eventually come the roundups, okay? When you criminalize the um, opponent, the, 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 your chief political rival, obviously you criminalize and arrest his supporters and the commentators that support him as well. That's part of the deal. It's nothing, that's not like some sort of oracle-like prediction. That's what is done. That's how it, that's how it unfolds every time. So it was interesting that they brought that up. So yeah, they and and, and they had on it was it wasn't bad. I like Tom Fitton. I think he does a lot of good work. Um, so it, they had Tom Fitton on there, and, and it was it was actually decent. And part of the reason it was decent is Tim was letting people talk. So you know, I, I caught one of the episodes where like the guest was allowed to talk, which was nice. Um, and of course, Tom Fitton, they're legally harassing him. 
Uh, and so, yeah, uh, who are the commentators that are going to be arrested? I have no idea. I have no idea. It's probably going to be people who are um, high profile with large followers, um, but maybe not too like, you know, like you take like a Joe Rogan. Rogan, I think, is a little too rich. I think Rogan could probably withstand a lot. So they might not go after him. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, look, I'm not saying that, look, that video of Crowder with his wife, yeah, it didn't look good, okay? I, I am with you there. It didn't look good. Um, it might be Crowder. I, I For some reason, because, you know, regardless of like, like two things can be true, right? He could be an asshole, right? And he could be an asshole to his wife, but also it could be true that Democrat operatives are going to use that kind of shit against them, right? Like both those things can be true. So, like, if the Democrats are doing it, it doesn't mean that he's, like, a, a great guy to his wife. Who knows? Now, on the other hand, that's none of my business, and I don't fucking care, to be honest, okay? Um, so, it, like, it's not my business why they didn't have two cars and all that shit, and it is it is what it is. Now, if you have evidence of some sort of crime or if he's abusing her, then, then arrest him and bury him in a jail, okay? Um, but, you know, it could be – Crowder could be one. Um, but it really can be, you can make a case for anybody, honestly, because, because understand, and the reason that I even brought this up is because of this part here when they're talking about dumb bitch uh, Attorney General of Michigan, Dana Nessel, who is prosecuting, they are prosecuting people for non-crimes. Now, this isn't the first time they've done it. One of the more egregious examples of this is um, uh, Mackey. Douglas Mackey, who is facing 10 years in prison. He's already been convicted. He's facing 10 years in prison for a meme, for sharing a meme. Um, but these people that they're arresting in Michigan, uh, what they did was 100% legal and constitutional. Okay, so it's going to be the same thing with the commentators. The commentators will be committing no crimes and they're going to arrest them for some sort of bullshit. They're probably going to use the same thing that they used in the Mackey trial, which they're using in the, in the tr Trump trial, where they're going to claim your opinion or at least one of the Trump trials, uh, they're going to claim your opinion is violating people's rights. So your opinion about the election is violating someone's rights. Um, that, that's probably what they're going to do. It's fucking sick, man. Anyway, um, so the dumb bitch who's prosecuting the former Michigan GOP co-chair. Oh, one other thing I'll say that they brought out on the Tim Pool show that I agree with. Um, Republicans aren't doing anything about this. The Republicans could be, if, if not stopping this, they could at least be putting a wrench into the works, and they're not doing anything. They are not doing anything because it seems like, and this is, they didn't say this, this is my position, uh, that they're, they're, the Republicans' job is to hold our heads still while the Democrats cut our heads off. And while it's happening, the Republicans just give really good speeches about why they're against this. You know, Ted Cruz will be there and be like, you should not cut these people's heads off. I am against this. This is an outrage. But they don't do anything. And the heads come off. That's, that's basically what it is. So anyway. Um, so where did we leave off here? Okay, so they're arresting them for casting an alternate set of electoral votes. And Dana Nessel asked the Michigan State Police to join the Muskegon Police and the AG's investigation of the potentially massive multi-city voter fraud operation. Two members 
of Bitch AG's Dana Nessel's Criminal Investigation Division were assigned to the operation, yet curiously, she failed to mention the investigation to the public. To this day, Dana Nessel, the dumb whore, is still claiming that there was no evidence of widespread voter fraud in Michigan, despite the fact that she knew her office and the office of her friend, uh, another dumb fucking whore, Jocelyn Benson, were involved with the Michigan State Police in a large-scale investigation that took place across the state before it was taken over by the FBI. Corey Abes, a Michigan SOS analyst, confirmed a quantity of the forms they found in their investigation are clearly fraudulent. Benson also claimed there was no widespread voter fraud in Michigan and neglected to mention the investigation to the public. Today, the Gateway Pundit and our close friends from Michigan are exposing this damning report. The evidence from this investigation exposes criminal election fraud involving thousands of fraudulent ballots in Michigan by an organization that was set up uh, that set up temporary offices in several swing states prior to the 2020 election. This explosive investigation was covered up and buried from the public until today. It should be noted that after documenting these crimes and investigating for weeks, the Michigan police turned their investigation over to the FBI, who, you'll never guess, buried the findings. Once again, the FBI apparently took no action. More, than that, more on that in an upcoming report. The police in Mus uh, Muskegon, or whatever the fuck it's called, were investigating voter fraud in October 2020, a month prior to the general election. The FBI failed to follow up on the alleged election crimes, according to Michigan election investigator Phil O'Halloran. O'Halloran is now the election integrity chair of the Michigan Republican Party. The police report has redactions throughout, but not all names were redacted. The police report names GBI Strategies as the organization running the scheme. The Tennessee-based group is heavily connected to the Biden campaign and various Democrat campaign committees. The released report also names Brillis as a primary person involved. The police report from 2020 revealed that GBI Strategies has been in operation since 2014, and the investigators found that GBI Strategies was paid over 1.5 million by the Doug Jones for Senate cam campaign back in 2018. That was just one race they were involved in. The investigators also found that GBI Strategies was paid 188,000 by the Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee in 2018. The employees at GBI Strategies were being paid 15 an hour or 120 a day. A woman interviewed by police said she was paid $1,150 per week and given a rental car. She said she was given a reloadable pay card. Police reported that hundreds of prepaid cards from different companies, along with dozens of new burner phones, were found in the Southfield raid in Michigan. The police report noted that there were numerous job openings listed in Flint, Michigan, and regional field manager postings in Washington, D.C. and Chicago, Illinois. The group had branches across the nation. During their investigation, the police also found partially completed voter registration forms and police found Pelican cases in the room with semi-automatic rifles joined with suppressors and optics and customized pistols. 
One case had four rifles and four pistols. The police report claimed these weapons were, t were determined to be legal and lawful after calling the ATF to inspect the weapons. The affiant, the witness who filled out the affidavit, first witnessed minivans moving from a hotel in Grand Haven to the location of the business, the former California eye care location. The next day, Detective Luker was notified. He went to the address where he found a bag of trash filled with information on employee agreements. The affiant believed the records found at the location were crucial to determining the crime of election fraud, forgery, and determining who might be criminally liable and who may have profited from the fraud. The affiant later obtained a copy of the uh, Muskegon PD report authored by Officer Foster with a supplemental report by Detective Logan Anderson along with a copy of the search warrant of the business location. The next paragraph from the police document revealed that Muskegon City Clerk Ann Meisch and Deputy Clerk Kimberly Young first contacted the police October 16, 2020. Meisch and Young contacted police after receiving multiple State of Michigan voter registration application forms, which in their opinion appeared to be fraudulent. According to the report, Meisch based her opinion on the fact that some of the addresses on the applications appeared to be invalid or non-existent. Also, some of the phone numbers were invalid and some signatures did not match those on file. Mice also noted that the handwriting on the ballots appeared to be the same with a similar signature, and all of the ballots appeared to come from the same company with two locations in Southfield and Auburn Hills. Mice told police some of the forms were dropped off in person to the Muskegon City Clerk's Office by a black female who identified herself as Brianna Hawkins. Ms. Hawkins said her employment, by the way, if this gets traction, Brianna Hawkins is going to be the next person the media protects, and they're probably going to say, look, she was just, she likes mints, okay? She likes mints, she's just going to eat mints, and she was carrying around mints, and that's all she was doing. Leave this stunning and brave black woman alone. Ms. Hawkins said her employment entailed registering voters and helping them obtain absentee ballots. Meisch estimated that the leftist organization delivered approximately eight to 10,000 voter registration forms to the Muskegon City Clerk's Office and provided a sampling of 42 suspected fraudulent applications to Officer Foster for examination. Meisch stated they identified by viewing her uh, Facebook profile. Employee Brianna Hawkins dropped off between eight to 10,000 registrations in one day. The investigators found that a number of voter application forms were clearly fraudulent. The report notes that police found, found dozens of new phones, hundreds of prepaid cards. These items were clearly considered suspicious by the police in the report. Also in the report, the left-wing ballot organiz organizing group had suppressors and automatic weapons for some odd reason. Nearly three years later, Trump faces multiple prosecutions because he fraudulently, quote-unquote, pursued, quote-unquote, baseless claims of voter fraud, according to prosecutors in the mainstream media. Trump won the Michigan vote in 2016 by 15,000 votes, but suspiciously lost to Biden by 150,000 votes four years later. By the way, what was he up by? I remember, you know, and, and I just, it's just inexcusable. Um, 
these look i expect the corporate media to lie but when you get some of these independent commentators pretending the election was real that's pathetic um i forget what trump was up by uh, in michigan but i remember he was up by what almost seven hundred thousand in pennsylvania seven hundred thousand what do you am i was i wrong about it's something crazy like that it's something insane like that that he was up by in pennsylvania and then they were like oh no this is oh oh it's a it's a red mirage eat a dick okay anyway it's amazing so i don't know what he was up in michigan by but it's just it's ridiculous anyway um and, and by the way this was so 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 this was despite Trump increasing his vote share in neighboring Ohio. So the idea that you uh, would do so well in Ohio and get blown out by 150,000 in Michigan, it's just, this is bullshit. I'll give you that one. I don't even care about that one, okay? I'm just saying, give me a break. Um, Trump's Presidential electors in Michigan are being prosecuted by far-left bitch Attorney General Dana Nessel because Nessel, according to Nessel, the dumb whore, um, they fraudulently believed that there was systemic voter fraud that was not being properly investigated. The released police report has redactions throughout, but not all names were redacted. The police report names GBI strategies as the organization engaged and what the report suggests is widespread systemic voter fraud in multiple locations around the state. The Tennessee group is heavily connected to the Biden campaign and various Democrat campaign committees. The released report also names Brilius as a primary person involved. The police report also notes that the organization used rental vans. You know where this is going, don't you? Rental vans around the state as part of its deployments, naming several of the field locations for their operations. On election night, a suspicious 3.30 a.m. van delivering the Biden ballot dump in Detroit at the facility, formerly known as the TCF Center, was accompanied by a vehicle registered to a rental car company. The Gateway Pundit previously obtained the video and broke the story. The Gateway Pundit has always reported that there were unanswered statistical anomalies within the absentee data. It became a meme. You've seen the meme, right? You've seen the meme. It's, it's so incredible. They just piss in your face. And they're like, we're not pissing in your face. And like I said, I expect the media to do that. I expect the media to guess like the shit. Because they're, they're the true enemies, right? They're on the enemy's side, okay? It is not surprising to me when the enemy pisses in my face and tells me, we're not pissing in your face. I expect that. But when it's supposed to be people on our side, like Tim Poole, inexcusable inexcusable okay like i said like who you want i don't care who you watch it's your decision what the hell do i have to do with it i'm telling you man that's some fucking bullshit right there even putting the vaccine shit aside you shouldn't put the vaccine shit aside but even if you did what are you doing what are you doing man it's fucking ridiculous i think he's a release valve that's probably what it is a release valve is a commentator whose job it is he's astroturfed basically I'm not saying this is 100%. I'm saying this is my read on Tim Pool. 
His his job, it, it like that fucking slow talking guy. You know who I'm talking about? He interviews people. He he gets tons of help in the algorithm. Zekfried or whatever. What the fuck is that guy? What I don't who cares what his name is. He's like today I'm talking with Joe Rogan, the biggest podcaster in the whole world. Who the fuck would listen? Lex Friedman. I remember the first time I heard this guy talk. I'm like, is this for real? Is this guy for real? Who the fuck? Are you serious? Okay, all right, man. Whatever, dude. That's just uh, it's incredible. <clears throat> Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe Rogan. Uh, what, what do you, what do you think about, what do you think about, you know, like human beings and feelings and how, you know, like you gotta think about, oh, how, I mean, just get out of here with this. I don't know what you want from me. It's ridiculous. Anyway, whatever. Release valve, people. So Tim Pool's job is to take the very frustrated people and, and to kind of tell them, hey, man, hey, guy, I'm on your side. Here's all the fucked up things the Democrats are doing. And then people kind of like, you know, they're like, okay, so this guy kind of, he's on our side. Uh, but then when it comes to really important shit like the election and the vaccine stuff, he uh, feeds you the media narrative. So like on the one hand, you're kind of like, you know, you're not as angry maybe if you listen to the show, if you listen to the show for two hours and they talk about how fucked up the Democrats are, you're, it's kind of therapeutic. But the job is just to kind of keep you in line and to keep you complacent, to keep you just, uh, you know, kind of thinking that, you know, we'll, we'll get out of this. I, I don't know. I, I, it could be that I'm very blackpilled about what's going on and maybe I'm wrong and this whole thing's going to get fixed electorally. But I have my doubts. But anyway, like I said, I'm not 100% that he's release valve, but I think he's release valve. Anyway, so now we have Michigan State Senator Ruth Johnson, who is a former Secretary of State, told the Gateway Pundit, my estimate is over 800,000 ballot applications were sent to non-qualified voters in Michigan, including many individuals who moved or died, and even some individuals who were underage and non-citizens. Many were sent to people who had moved out of the state these ballot applications, if turned back in, would cause a live ballot to then be sent to that address by the clerk. Both the ballot applications and the live ballots were not seriously checked for a signature match because Democrat Secretary Bitch Whore of State Jocelyn Benson purposefully advised clerks to illegally assume and presume the signatures were a match. Amazing. Obviously, Jocelyn Bitch Benson belongs in prison, without question, at minimum. And I'm being nice. Anyway, this tip from the Muskegon clerk, Ann Mice, who has been the city clerk in Muskegon since 2007, was referred to the FBI. Clerk Mice has been a city clerk for other Michigan cities for 17 years before that. There's no evidence the FBI did anything with this investigation. And in fact, the Bill Barr appointed DOJ attorney overseeing election fraud cases was notorious for political persecution against conservatives. We'll have more coming with our investigation. Stay tuned. So great work, Gateway Pundit. Um, the only thing about this that I reject is the idea that somehow this is the one that proves election fraud. No. The election fraud has been proven for years 
if you're a non-retard, okay? Now, if you didn't pay attention to it, I'm not insulting you or calling you a retard. I'm not talking about that. Because some people might not give a fuck, okay? And that's fine. You don't have to care. But if you talk about it, you got to get it right. If you're going to be a commentator and talk about this shit, you gotta, you got to at least get it halfway right. I mean, give me a break. Well, there was really nothing that the Arizona audit uncovered. Oh, okay. yeah, right. Yeah, only only almost 60,000 ballots shouldn't have counted. No big deal. No big deal. Incredible. Anyway, there you go. Um, so we'll see what the second part is. But uh, it's, it's a hell of a thing. It is a hell of a thing. Okay, let's um, see what else we got here. Um this isn't surprising. Um, it, it, look, the David Packmans and the media, they tell you whatever. They just look at the, the Department of Justice is independent. Now, we knew that was bullshit. The New York Times even admitted that that was bullshit. The left likes to present uh, this relentless and ruthless political witch hunt against Donald Trump as evidence of the principle that nobody is above the law. Uh, you know what? I, nobody is above the law. They love that phrase. I think we should come up with phrases for our own side. How about, how about this one? I like this. This one might be a bit much. How about this one? How about everyone is going to be yeeted into the sun? How about that? You might say that's broad. And I, when I say everyone, I don't mean everyone. I'm everyone on their side is what I mean. Everyone is going to be yeeted into the sun. How about that one? <clears throat> you know, you could probably come up with a more precise one. Because I could see how people would think, wait, the whole world? No, 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 just, just the commies. But, but if we're talking about the commies, then everyone is going to be yeeted into the sun. Anyway, let's move on. However, this principle seems to be not the yeeted into the sun one. Nobody is above the law, the fake-ass bullshit that they say. Okay, this principle seems to conveniently exempt individuals with names like Biden, Fauci, Comey, McCabe, Brennan, Clapper, Ray, Obama, and more. Essentially, what we have is a two-tier justice system that favors the global homos. Despite how obvious this has become, the shameless left continues to push their lies. A good example of this was Joe Biden's claim in June that he never once directed the DOJ to target Trump. This assertion reminds us of his last passionate denial of any involvement in his son's business affairs. Yeah, all bullshit. We all know how that turned out. And this time is no different because it took just 10 months for the New York fucking Times to casually unveil the truth. Of course, it was buried 10 paragraphs in, as usual. The Times, either on purpose or accidentally, brought to light a clear instance of collusion between Biden and Garland with the goal of destroying President Trump. Thanks to the New York Times, the details are literally laid out in black and white. Uh, in June, Biden said, I've never once, not a single time, suggested the Justice Department what they should do or not do relative to bringing a charge against Trump. I'm honest, unquote. New York Times in April, Mr. Biden confided to his inner circle that he believed former President Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted and has said privately he wanted Mr. Garland to act less like a ponderous judge and more like a prosecutor. Obviously, this is not news to us, but seeing it presented like this really hammers home the extent of our government's deceit. On the one hand, they're trying their darndest to incarcerate Trump on baseless collusion allegations. Yet on the other, they're actively conspiring to subvert a future 
U.S. election. This stark contrast underscores the profound wickedness we're dealing with. And with this two-tier justice system and uniparty controlling D.C., the chances of anything being done about it is slim to none. Yeah, the sad, uh, the sad thing is that they're probably going to get away with it. I hope not. If they don't get away with it, it would be incredible. But yeah, they're probably going to get a, 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 probably going to get away with it. All right, let's do some of this breaking news. We got some breaking news from the internet from Gunfox. So let's have a look here at this one moment. Let me bring up. Let me send this over to myself on Rumble here. One moment. Okay, here we go. Let's go to the first one. Breaking news from the internet. That's oh okay that didn't take what happened there. Oh, I think I missed a uh, an L, right? Because it's HTML. I'm going to assume that's what it is. So let's just put it in here and put L at the end. Uh, yep. Okay. There we go. Fort Cavazos soldiers have been out have been without proper access to food for months. That's insane. This is August 8th. So this is today. Military.com. One of the Army's largest bases has been barely able to keep its food services up and running for months, according to soldiers stationed there and dining facilities scheduled, reviewed by Military.com. That's a problem a shithole country would have. That's like, that's like, if you had some fucking shithole country in Africa that's run by like warlords with like teenage mutant ninja turtle shirts. You know what I'm talking about? That's the problem that they would have. In America, this is, uh, it's, it's crazy. This is crazy. Anyway, the situation at Fort Cavazos, Texas, previously known as Fort Hood, so I will refer to it as Fort Hood for here on in, has left some junior enlisted with few options for meals as top officials on base struggle to juggle logistics while most of its cooks are on deployment missions or serving field training and other events. This is disgraceful. Fort Hood had only two of its 10 major dining options open uh, every day for much of the summer, with three others open only during limited times. The closures forced many soldiers to drive long distances across base, sometimes an hour around trip for their meals. But not all junior soldiers have vehicles, and the base provides only a limited shuttle service with none dedicated to dining facilities. The service is so limited that some service members interviewed by military.com didn't even know it existed, Jesus, um, for months. One dining facility was open and was more than a 30-minute drive for some of my soldiers, said one non-commissioned officer who spoke to military.com on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to talk to the press. All the soldiers were going to that one. It's unmanageable during the workday. Um, in some situations... The base posted conflicting schedules or uh, confusing guidance on what meals were being provided at which dining facilities. One facility had a sign on the door stating it was closed for dinner, but it didn't note which specific days it was closed or days when other meals were not available. Base officials 
Also did not post updated dining facility schedules on social media, although two of the base's dining facilities, Iron Horse and Patriot, were reopened in the past week, which should start alleviating traffic jams and logistical hurdles in providing more accessible meals for soldiers. At the heart of the issue is the dining facilities not having enough Army cooks to run them. A rotation to the National Training Center uh, and support for a cadet training exercise at Fort Knox, Kentucky, took many cooks off base. This is what happens when you have AIDS commies running the military. I mean, it is really unfortunate. Dining facilities have been a key focus in the Army's discussions on boosting the quality of life for soldiers. That has included access to healthier foods and staffing those facilities with civilians so Army cooks can focus on feeding troops in the field. However, the service has made no notable progress on those efforts. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this was deliberate. I think some of it is certainly incompetence, but I, I'm telling you, some of this shit is deliberate. I don't. I think there is a subversion that is going on, a communist subversion going on in this country to defeat us from within, and uh, it is sick. Army officials are eyeing allowing soldiers to use their meal cards at non-military restaurants on base, such as Panera, uh, an idea that's currently being piloted at Fort Drum, New York. Yeah, why can't they do that? That would seem to be a solution. Panera's not bad, I will say. I eat a Panera pretty frequently. It, uh, it's, it's not bad. It's, uh, you know, it's a little gay, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm telling you, every time... I talk about a certain food being gay. I guarantee you there's someone out there that's taking it serious. Like, hey, I eat at Panera. Yeah, I do too. It's, I'm fucking joking. It's hilarious. Yeah, tuna sandwiches. I didn't even expect to eat. I don't really, I'm not a tuna person. So I went there. This is really pointless, but this is unnecessary information. So I usually, because I try not to eat shit, okay? I'm not saying it's the healthiest place ever, but compared to fast food, it's not that bad, I don't think. So I would go there, and I would get this veggie sandwich, which is not, again, I don't even know why I was eating veggie sandwiches, but it was good. I don't know what the hell. I'm not a veggie sandwich person, but whatever the fuck they put on this goddamn sandwich, it's ridiculous. I don't know what it is. It's really good. Anyway, one day they got my order wrong, and it was tuna. And I almost went back to, to be like, hey, you got my order wrong. And then I was like, this is pretty fucking good. And I'm like, I'll just eat this. And then from there on in, I've just been eating tuna sandwiches. Probably eat too many of them. I think I should probably chill out. I don't think tuna is the most healthy thing ever. Anyway, what the fuck is the point of all that? I have no idea. All right, let's get into some more breaking news from the internet from Gunfox. I appreciate the support, sir. Let's see what this one is. Anyway, that story is fucking horrible. Uh... And, like, you can't even feed the troops. That's what's going on. By the way, I wouldn't be surprised if this is happening at other bases. They're so focused on changing the names of the bases, but you can't even feed the troops. That's in disgraceful. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Okay, now this is the... Oh, here we go. Of course. Of course. <laughs> By the way, in addition to this, I'll read the headline first. Racism at the heart of U.S. failure to tackle deadly heat waves. <laughs> there was, uh, I forget who it was on Twitter. Um, they were showing all these articles. That there's so many articles. 
They're like, and you know, we've talked about this before, cold showers are causing the young to have heart attacks and uh, all this bullshit. It's obviously the vaccine. And they're like, oh, your cold showers. Or this other one, the, the, the headline was, being too happy might cause heart problems, might cause a heart attack. Oh, is that? Okay, great. Yeah, all right. Anyway, racism is at the heart of the American government's failure to tackle the growing threat of deadly heat waves. Bitch, what do you expect them to do? It's hot, okay? What, what, do you, what is the government going to do? The government doesn't need to do anything. According to the author of an authoritative new book on heating the planet. Oh, it's authoritative. That's how you know it's fake and gay. When they tell you something's authoritative, that's how you know it's fake and gay. Jeff Goodall, an award-winning climate journalist, so obviously a total charlatan, told The Guardian that people of color, including millions of migrant workers who are bearing the brunt of record-breaking temperatures as farmhands, builders, and delivery workers are not guaranteed life-saving measures like water and shade breaks because they are considered expendable. Really? They're not giving them water? Are you fucking kidding me? It, well, by the way, you're saying migrants? Oh, well, I got, a, I got an easy solution for you. Because remember, they're not saying, they don't give a fuck about this problem if it affects white people, okay? Um, they're talking about non-white people being like uh, specifically injured by this somehow. Well, the, the, you want to bring up migrants. There's a there's an easy way to stop this. Uh, close the border and don't let illegals in, and also deport. Oh, by the way, did you see Trump? Was it Trump? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump. I was it in the speech today. He the way it was phrased. I'll have to find it. He was like. So you you remember a few weeks ago. He was talking about deporting commies, and I immediately was like, holy shit. Now look, like I said, I try to be a realist. I have no illusion that it's going to be very difficult for him to get into office, and we're probably not going to see it. But just the fact that a guy that has a shot to win is talking about deporting commies, you have my full attention, right? So first of all, he said we need to not let commies in the country. There's already books, excuse me, there's already laws on the books for that. But then he was like, we have to, uh, you know, like, what about the ones that are in the country? Yeah, that's a problem, and we have to fix that problem. So that's a good question. Anyway, he said, to, I think it was today, or maybe yesterday, he said something along the lines of, um, we have to, we're going to have, we're going to have the, like, I'm going to paraphrase, because I, I don't remember the exact wording, but basically he was saying, we're going to have, like, the most clear and concise deportation effort in ever like he's talking about deporting all illegals yes this is good this is good i don't know that's got to be stephen miller it's probably it's definitely not jason miller it's probably stephen miller stephen miller very good on policy with immigration yes you know is it going to happen probably not but just that you got a guy Talking about those things, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. So, uh, yeah, he, he the way he was talking, and it could just be talk, you know. He, he would have to deliver, obviously. But, that yeah, you're going to have a just nationwide deportation effort. You have to at this point. And I was not a deportation person. I, I was, now, of course, 
violent ones, certainly. I was always for deporting the violent ones. But I was, you know, kind of like, well, you know, it's just, it is what it is. But now it's, it's so much, it's too much. And, and the other thing is now you have to deport just to send a message. You have to, because the dinner bell's been rung. Joe Biden put a sign out. Anyone just can come into the country and we won't do anything. So now it's a goddamn mess. Also, the, the trafficking is insane. So you have to, ha you have, to have a, a, a fully functional massive deportation operation and uh so we'll see but um i like that he said that i thought that was pretty good anyway <clears throat> so that that's a solution to this faggots problem jeff goodall the climate faggot this is a solution to his problem deport because you know i think white people are going to figure out how to drink water <laughs> anyway whatever um in the Oh, the name of the book is In the Heat Will Kill You First, Life and Death on a Scorched Planet. Goodell documented the tragic and preventable death of Sebastian Perez, a Guatemalan garden center worker who collapsed and died in Portland, Oregon on the first day of the brutal Pacific Northwest heat wave in June of 2021. In the U.S., there are no federal rules related to heat exposure for workers indoors or out. To be blunt about it, the people most impacted by heat are not the kind of voting demographic that gets any politician nervous. They're unsheltered people, poor people, agriculture and construction workers. People like Sebastian Perez are just seen as expendable. They're not seen as humans who need to be protected. Racism is absolutely central to the government's failure to protect vulnerable people. A couple of states have implemented heat exposure rules yet last month in the middle of the heat wave. Greg Abbott signed legislation prohibiting any city or county in the state from passing laws requiring shade and water breaks for outdoor workers. The vast majority of farmlands and construction workers in Texas are migrants from Mexico and Central America. Quote, I mean, that is insane and emblematic of the cruelty is the point ideology in so much of our politics right now. Uh, I'm going to call bullshit. Uh, it, it, look, look, I have no problem with water breaks and shade breaks. I think you should give employees water breaks and shade breaks. Okay. The problem, and I think Greg Abbott is aware of this, and I'm not even an Abbott person. And Greg Abbott, where is the pardon for this Perry guy? It's been a long time. This guy's rotting in prison. He's a political prisoner. He righteously shot a commie in self-defense. Where is his goddamn pardon? Anyway, maybe I missed it. If I missed it, let me know. What? Look, Democrats are trying to dismantle everything. They use anything that they can. And I'm telling you, they are going to stick their dick into... Uh, places it doesn't belong and they're going to try to do some sort of maneuvering with these breaks and they're going to try to make it impossible to, to, to do work. So I, I understand a Republican being like, no, fuck this. Um, look, it's up to jobs should provide breaks to their employees. There's also laws related to breaks as well. So anyway, whatever. Democrats can eat a dick. According to Goodell, the risks faced by mostly black and brown workers, yeah, because white people don't get hot, also reveal enduring elements of scientific racism previously used to justify 
forcing enslaved African people to do backbreaking farm work in the scorching South. There were all kinds of crazy racist ideas like African people having thicker bones in their skulls that insulated them from heat. Well, no one talks about that explicitly now. It's an undercurrent that having Mexicans pave roads in Austin in 107 degrees is fine because they're from Mexico and used to it. Who, who Did someone say that? Motherfucker, they got to pave the road. You're going to have to deal with the heat. Okay, so that's it. You got to fucking pave the road. You know how many fucking, do you know how many, how about roofers? Yeah, roofers in the scorching heat. I mean, I don't know like anything about roofing. Maybe some roofers take a break in the summer, but I, there's plenty of roofers that uh, do that shit in, in the heat. Maybe they're not supposed to, I don't know, but I think they're just like, fuck it. Um, someone was like, oh, so, so let me get this. So the white guys, they're gonna, they're gonna pave the road. So fuck the white guys, but the Mexicans, we got to treat with kid gloves. Okay, ridiculous. The lunatic continued. It's not just about these vulnerable people who can't vote or the incompetence of the government. It is out and out racism. Goodell's book is a comprehensive, compelling and timely examination of the fossil fuel driven extreme heat. That's totally made up propaganda that is transforming the planet and its inhabitants. Heat in the atmosphere and the oceans is driving every single climate impact from rising sea levels and melting glaciers to intensifying droughts, wildfires, and superstorms. Heat is the engine. So this is the new thing. Yeah, the global boiling. Heat is the engine of planetary chaos, yet its dangers remain poorly understood. Eat a dick, fucker. Goodell's reporting extends from Antarctica, California, and the Arctic to Paris. Chennai in the Great Barrier Reef, weaving stories of farm workers, hikers, urbanites, and polar bears with scientific, totally accurate scientific analysis and political critique, and so connecting the dots between heat-related personal tragedies and the risks of global heating on the planetary scale. So it's climate propaganda. His overarching goal is to make heat visible and make it feel urgent. Yeah, because you're, you're trying to get people to to, to obey you and the way you do that is try to scare them which shouldn't be hard given that tens of thousands of people are already dying from extreme heat every year yeah just like every year this happens every year people die of the heat july was the hottest month ever recorded on the planet that's totally made up and at least two-thirds of americans were under some sort of heat advisory yeah faggot it's the summertime <laughs> it's the summertime Amazing. Yet currently, the Federal Emergency Management Agency cannot declare or respond to extreme heat as a disaster. You know what this is? This is going to be, if they do this, they're going to lock down. There's going to be heat. They already had heat lockdowns, I think, in Europe already. Um, I don't think it took. I don't think it's something that they did for a long period of time. Um, or if they can't get official lockdowns, they're going to put pressure on businesses to close for the heat. Um, in part, this is because heat-related risks largely depend on where you are, who you are, and what you do, and the humidity factor. We've given names to children, so they want to give names to heat waves. We give names to children and dogs and fish. It's how humans understand things. 
I understand naming heat waves is tricky, that it has complexities when you rank them, but we haven't tried it. Let's pilot it in a city like Miami or Austin. No, I'm not doing this. And if it doesn't help, fine, but there's a lot of evidence that suggests naming hurricanes really helps people understand the seriousness of what's coming. Some cities in Spain are piloting a program to rank and name heat waves, but overall, uh, the meteorological establishment isn't convinced, convinced. Well, they'll force them. They'll call them racist. In the chapter titled Cheap Cold Air, Goodell charts the history and future of air conditioning, which enabled a migration south and in some ways shaped modern American politics as much as oil. Air conditioning is emblematic of all the insanity and paradoxes of what we consider progress, both a technology of personal comfort and a technology of forgetting. It's such an American idea, such an American way of trying to solve a really complex problem with a techno fix. It's uh, emblematic of the inequalities of heat, the gap between the cool and damp. The hotter it gets, the bigger the divide. Bitch, I didn't have air conditioning my whole life when I was a kid. We had no air conditioning. In the middle of the summer, we had fans. And sometimes we weren't even allowed to use the fans, which was crazy. Okay? So that was that. that what did that mean? That it, did, it, it meant that that was the hand I was dealt. That's it. There was no, oh, it was because I was Italian. And, the, and the, the Italians are poor and they don't have, fuck you. This is all bullshit. Okay? It doesn't matter if you're black. I know black people that didn't have air conditioning. I knew black people that did have air conditioning. Okay, and I didn't. So who f that's the hand you're dealt. Okay, I didn't have cable either. I didn't get cable until like 1997. Okay, so this is all bullshit here. Now I have air conditioning and it's on all the time. Um, I'm in air conditioning right now. Globally, there are more than a billion single room air conditioning units in the world right now. One for every seven people on Earth, accounting for nearly 20% of total electricity used in buildings, and hence a major contributor of greenhouse gases, which are made up, uh, at, uh, making the planet hotter. I mean, that's the part that's, making, that's made up. Driving up demand for air conditioning. If demand continues to grow, by 2050, there will be more than 4.5 billion units. Good. I hope there's as many as possible. Making them as common as cell phones today. Great. Meanwhile tried and tested non-tech carbon neutral solutions dating back centuries have been dismissed or forgotten. Yeah, well, who cares? Heat, much like the pandemic, exposes and exacerbates existing structural and racial inequalities in housing, wages, health care, mobility, and access to solutions. Um, one of Goodell's biggest fears is that the world will adapt to heat deaths, much like it did with COVID. Well, dumb bitch, there's no other choice. People die. People die in the heat. There's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. If you want to encourage people, I know, I mean, I, I, re, I remember, I don't watch local news anymore. Um, and I haven't for years. But I remember back in the day when I used to watch local news, they would always talk about these different uh, churches and places that would provide air conditioning, not air conditioners, fans, fans to the elderly for free. And there was this whole program to like check to make sure the elderly, because I, and I, I know someone elderly who um, they give zero fucks and they keep the windows closed in the summer. Uh, and I told the story one time, uh, uh, at least one of the windows was nailed shut and they got pissed 
when a, another person took the nails out and opened the window. And that's a hell of a thing, you know? So now not every, some old people might forget, you know, uh, but I have no problem if, you, if, if there's some situation where you wanna make sure old people are keeping their windows open and have fans, that's no problem. But see, that's the old way of doing things, you know, making sure that that, that, that happened. Now it's fuck the old people if they're white, and now we're going to blame white people for all this and make it a racial issue. So it's really, it's really unfortunate. Um, Al Gore, 15 years ago, Goodell recalls agreeing with uh, the former vice president, said everyone has an oh shit moment when something happens which wakes them up to the climate crisis. Uh, yeah, people are having that moment with the climate crisis because then the oh shit moment is realizing, oh, this is all bullshit. Oh, right. Yes. This is all goddamn bullshit. So amazing. It's amazing that they're trying to take down um, air conditioning. How sick are you to try to take away people's air conditioning? It's fucking ridiculous. Um, all right, let's see. There's, there's not going to be a kind of a larger cultural movement or a single thing that changes the political dynamic. We'll see incremental changes, two step forwards, one step back. This is trench warfare everywhere all the time. Yeah, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win. Uh, you're, you already lost. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I'll, when, I, when I get to the videos, I'll, I'll put Entropy back up. I'm not sure what's going on. Entropy goes down a lot now. Anyway, um, oh, that's the wrong, uh, I think that's, is that the wrong one? Which one was that? Yeah, that's uh, that's not the one I put in here. Right? This should be different. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, yeah, let's get to this one. This is more breaking news from the internet from GunFox. Dozens arrested over alleged child sex abuse following the murder of two FBI agents, a total of 98 people been arrested in connection with <clears throat> excuse me child sex abuse one moment <clears throat> okay uh, and 13 children rescued from harm u.s and australian authorities said tuesday more than two years after two fbi agents were killed investigating an international pedophile ring surprise cnn's even reporting on this because normally the media pretends that pedophile rings are uh just a conspiracy theory. Um, in a news conference on Tuesday, the FBI and the Australian basic FBI, basically FBI, said 79 arrests, 65 indictments, 43 convictions in the U.S. were carried out as a result of the joint operation, while 19 men were arrested in Australia. Good. I think that's absolutely... Uh, fantastic. The alleged child abuse ring. Oh, actually, let's. Uh, two FBI agents investigating the alleged ring were shot dead in 2021 while executing a search warrant for a computer programmer suspected of possession of child abuse material. Uh, the alleged child abuse ring was a peer to peer network with some offenders committing offenses for over 10 years. Uh, the operation was highly complex. 
the complexity and anonymity of these platforms means no agency or country can fight these threats alone. And apparently it was uh, on the dark web, a peer-to-peer -peer network on the dark web. Most of the um, Australian alleged offenders had jobs that required advanced IT skills. Members of the network allegedly used software to anonymously share files, chat on message boards, and access websites within the network using encryption and other methods to avoid law enforcement detection. AFP Commander Schneider said the alleged offenders operated a sophisticated network. Viewing, distributing, and producing child abuse material is a horrific crime, and the lengths that this network went to avoid detection is an indication of how dangerous they were. The longer people like this avoid detection, it means the longer the cycle of abuse continues. Further arrests cannot be rolled out. More than 200 international leads have been sent to partner countries, and more than 300 investigations opened. FBI Special Agent Daniel Alfin and Laura Schwartzberger died in a shootout in Sunrise, Florida, an apartment complex while executing a federal search warrant on February 2, 2021. Three other agents were wounded and the suspect in the shooting died at the scene. At the time, Miami FBI Special Agent in charge George Pirro called the shooting and the loss of the FBI agents a dark day for the FBI. The agents were known for their exemplary efforts in the field curbing child abuse with their investigatory work and educating students to the perils of sex crimes. <clears throat> their deaths marked the first time since November of 08 that an FBI agent was fatally shot in the line of duty. <clears throat> it's weird. So, I mean, they do bust some of it. I just, I'm wondering why these, but not others. Uh, are there not as many elites connected to this one and that's why they busted it? It's interesting, but anyway, uh, I mean, I'm glad they busted a couple pedos, but, uh, or actually more than a couple pedos, but uh, a lot of it they let kind of happen, so the whole thing is weird. All right, let's get to some more breaking news from the internet from GunFox. Let's have a look here one second. Teamsters accuse Yellow of Warren Act violations seeking a class action status. And what, it, that's weird, is there a, so there's a headline here. It does, the article does not seem to be here. Maybe, uh, let me try it in archive. Or maybe, oh, it's the, hold on. So it's there, I just saw it and it disappeared and it was replaced uh, that might be a, a, a browser issue. Let me uh, let me switch browsers here. One second. Oh, Nancy Pelosi. That's an ugly whore. Okay. Let me go to this browser. Because, uh, yeah, for some reason, the ad, or it's not an ad. Let's see what this is. Let's see. One second. Oh, I see. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a paywall issue. Okay. Well, that's fine. Let's bring it up in archive then that usually fixes it uh, except with daily wire daily wire does not work on the archive at least the last time i checked all right that's in a queue let me grab the other link and then we will uh, come back to this one all right one moment i think there's one more breaking news from the internet here let me have a look uh, yes, explosive breaking news that might not end well. Let's have a look at this one. Um, okay, this is out of Russia. There was also a story about 
was it, I, I believe an Italian was crushed by cheese. Giant cheese wheels in Italy fell on an Italian. That's at least what I heard. That's a hell of a way to go. That is a hell of a way to go. Cheese wheels. Those are fucking big, man. All right, let's come back to this one, and we'll go to this one here. All right. Russia to evacuate entire town due to a danger of a falling rocket. Oh, that's not good. Russia's long-delayed robotic Luna 25 mission is at the launch site ahead of a liftoff scheduled for August 11th. A report from the state publication explained the lander was designed to perform a soft landing on the lunar South Pole as the world's major space players turn their attention to mining the South Pole region for ice that can be converted into water, oxygen, and rocket propellant. Luna 25 is Russia's first lunar lander since 1976 and will launch atop a Soyuz 2.1A rocket at the Voshchany Cosmodrome in East Russia. Firstly, Russian officials must temporarily displace an entire town underneath the rocket's flight path as there's a danger its boosters could crash into the settlement. Russian aerospace company NPO Lakakina, the builder of the Luna 25 lander, announced in a statement that work has been completed on the creation of the Luna 25 spacecraft. It's planned that the device will be the first in the world to carry out a soft landing on the surface of the moon in the South Pole region. Do it. I, I want to see it. And conduct contact studies of the lunar soil for the presence of ice at the landing site. Good. I would like to see you do this. The European Space, Space Agency had planned to test it. Now, see, if this is an unmanned thing, I, 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 I can buy that. Like, I pretty much buy... You know, they put the the fucking robot on Mars. I'm not saying it's 100%. Like, could it be bullshit? Absolutely. Given that everything is a lie, pretty much, I would not be surprised if that was bullshit. But gut read, I think it's probably real. I think I think they have the technology to put a robot on, on, on a planet or on the moon, okay? But what I'm talking about is this fucking moon landing shit with human beings. That's what I'm skeptical about. I'm very skeptical um, about that. Uh, it, there's I, I'm not 100% either way. Um, I'm kind of like 50-50, 60-40. Um, I'm skeptical of the moon landing, but uh, there are some halfway decent arguments that have been made. Uh, there's another argument about reflectors that I thought was interesting. It, it was I'm, I'm just I just appreciate it when people who believe in the moon landing actually provide me with like reasonable arguments rather than corporate media tactics because there is if you do like Google searches there's a lot of corporate media tactic articles related to the moon landing that does not help the cause there's no need like you you can make the argument about the reflectors and I know there's a retort to that argument but you can make that argument without using tactics and there are people that watch the show that have commented and they make pretty good arguments they don't use the tactics you know, talking about like um, the other countries, you know, why didn't they, if it was bullshit, why didn't the other countries involved in the space race say something? That's a valid point to bring up. That's not a bad argument. Now there's, there's possibilities there. 
Maybe, you know, there's some sort of bribing that happened to make everyone shut up. Who knows? There was some sort of story where there was a Russian who claimed that that happened and he was asking around and he was told to shut up. Could it be true? Possibly. I have no idea. But, but now we're at least kind of exploring things and we're not using these tactics to shut down the conversation like some of these articles do, where they just immediately claim you're an idiot if you don't believe in the moon landing which is like, okay, that's just not a great argument because like what a stranger, what a fucking AIDS patient that's writing a Google article, what they think about my intelligence is of no importance. So, you know, oh, they, great. So who cares? You know, they say that about everything. Oh, if you think the vaccine is unsafe, you're stupid. All right, well, who's injecting their arm with poison, asshole? Not me, (laughs) not me. Anyway. The European Space Agency planned to test a navigation camera called Pilot D aboard Luna 25, but it canceled its involvement after Russia invaded Ukraine. That's unfortunate. Luna 25 is the first domestically made lunar probe in modern Russian history. The uh, statement from NPO adds that the lunar lander makes use of a completely Russian element based on... Base, uh, excuse me, a Russian element base and the latest achievements in the field of space instrumentation. The statement explains that the main goal of the mission is to develop the basic technologies for a soft landing in the circumpolar region and conduct contact studies at the South Pole of the South Pole of the Moon. For an Earth year, the lander will study the upper surface layer around its landing area as well as the lunar exosphere. The mission aims to help develop landing and soil sampling technologies. Russia's government will evacuate the entire town of Shatatinsky on August 11th, ahead of the launch. The town in Russia's Khabarovsk region, southeast of the launch site, will be evacuated early in the morning as it lies in the predicted region where the rocket's boosters will fall after they separate from the spacecraft. Residents will be evacuated from their homes at 7.30 a.m. before being taken to a location where they can watch the launch and have a free breakfast. They will be able to return home within three and a half hours uh, and said, the Russians said there's only a one in a million chance any debris will impact the town. Well, let's hope not. Uh, you know, it's, that would suck. That's not, and it's like a town. It's not like if they're probably not rich, that would probably devastate them. So hopefully that shit lands in the water or something. <clears throat> Landers deployed touchdown in the moon's equatorial uh, zone. By contrast, Luna 25 will land on the rough and tricky terrain of the lunar South Pole. It was originally expected to be the first lunar lander to touch down in the region on the moon as it was scheduled to land on October 2021. However, almost two years of delays have meant that India might reach the unexplored region first. I don't care who gets there. I would prefer America get there, there of course. But I, I well, actually, I, I want people up there. I don't fucking, you know, I, I can buy that they can send robots up there. I can buy that. Um, I'm talking about people. I want to see people up there, and I want that shit live streamed. They live that. They live streamed that shit. See, that's yeah, whatever. They broadcasted that shit live from the moon in 1960. Whatever. Really? Okay. All right. Whatever. <clears throat> Look, I don't claim to be an expert, and I am more than willing to believe that there is a good possibility. There are certain things about this that I simply don't understand. And once I understand them, I'll go, oh, yeah, of course. So that's why I say I'm like 50-50, 60-40. Okay, I think it's possible. If, it, if it's real, that's awesome. 
if it's real, like I, if it's real, I understand why people suck the moon landing's dick because that's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. But uh, yeah, the it was scheduled to touch down in the region of the moon on October 2021, but there's been two years of delays. I think I read that part. According to a Reuters article, uh, Lunar 25 is expected to take five to seven days to reach the moon before spending five days in orbit ahead of its soft landing. That means it'll be a close call. Uh, Russia's last lunar lander uh, was carried out in 1976. Man, that was a long time. That mission collected 170 grams of lunar soil back to Earth. Okay, well, good, good for them. So yeah, these reflectors... Um, uh, apparently, if you have like a good telescope, you can like see them. I, you know, but it's not something that I'm gonna invest time or money in. I will. Uh, it's, it's not like it's not a pressing issue. The moon landing. So if I have to buy that, for the sake of argument, fine. It seems reasonable. Um, I don't think it guarantees that humans were up there, but at least it shows that you could get up there to do something. Um, I'd love to see. Can you see the flag that was planted up there? I tell you, if you can at least show the flag, can you see the flag in a, teles a telescope? <clears throat> Telescopes are, especially the really powerful ones, that's incredible. You see other planets and shit, the universe is fucking wild. There was another one, right? I think, was there, is that, was that the archive one? No, I don't think so. Hold on. I think there was an archive one. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, this, yeah, I think this is the last one. All right, so this is more breaking news from the internet from Gunfox. Again, sir, sincerely appreciate your generosity. Uh, Teamsters accused Yellow of Warren Act violations seek a class action status. <clears throat> the International Brotherhood of Teamsters assisted several of its members in following a lawsuit against Yellow Corp, accusing it of violating a federal act that requires companies to inform employees of impending layoffs. The Federal Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act requires any company with 100 or more full-time employees to provide at least 60 days in advance written notice of a worksite closing that involves a mass layoff affecting 50 or more employees, one-third of the company's total workforce, or 500 more or more employees at a single site of employment during any 90-day period. The lawsuit was filed in federal court in Nashville. If found guilty, Yellow could have to pay each employee 60 days of back pay. And benefits. Yellow permanently laid off 30,000 employees on July 30th, including about 22,000 Teamster members. It informed many employees of the action on July 28th. Teamster members claimed they didn't receive the required 60-day notice. The members seek class action status, and they're from Tennessee, Pennsylvania, and California. Yellow filed a Warren Act notice dated July 30th, which was the effective date of the mass layoffs. Yellow included written notice in the notice of separation and general release of claims that was provided to employees when they were laid off. The company does not admit that such laws apply or that notice is required. If no obligation exists, this notice is being provided to you voluntarily. The company was not able to provide earlier notice of shutdown as it qualifies under the unforeseeable business circumstances, faltering company and liquidating fiduciary exemptions set forth in the Warren Act. The Teamster members are represented by Joel Linsky Jr. Yellow filed for bankruptcy Sunday night, a week after shutting down operation and laying off employees. The company's most recently reported having 990 workers in the metro area, 
It was based in Overland Park before moving to Nashville last year. <clears throat> it's a shame Democrats have destroyed unions so much because I'm not necessarily opposed to unions. I'm opposed to like like the teachers union and how it just becomes totally political and ridiculous. Like if you could have non-AIDS unions, that would be fine with me. But, you know, and then maybe there are some. I, I, I don't know. But the teachers union is fucking full-blown AIDS. It is. I mean, it, it, it's basically the, the teachers union headed by Randy Weingarten has basically become a force for the destruction of children. And it is uh, it is insane. It's totally insane. OK, let's get to some videos there. Again, that was uh, breaking news from the Internet from Gunfox. Appreciate the support. Uh, if you have an article that you want read on stream, 10 and up details in the description. Let's get to some videos here. Um, let's see. Oh, and Trump had a classic on Nancy Pelosi. I think I read it yesterday. Uh, he, I, see, you know, uh, these indictments are turning him into possibly all-time Trump. And I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. So let, let's see what TYT says about this. But when I saw his coming out of his car and this or that, I saw a scared puppy. He looked very, very very um you know who probably looked like a scared puppy your fucking husband when he took the hammer to the dome concerned about the fate look at look at that i didn't see any bravado or confidence or anything like what are you talking about? look at the freeze frame he, look at him right here he looks afraid what are you kidding me are you kidding like that now that scared puppy comment from, from former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi certainly got under former President Donald Trump's skin and he responded to it on Truth Social, uh, writing that I purposely didn't comment on Nancy Pelosi's very weird story concerning her husband. But now I can because she said something about me with glee. That was really quite vicious, he says. I was a scared puppy, she said, as she watched me on television like millions of others that didn't see that. I wasn't scared, nevertheless. No, I wasn't, I swear I wasn't. How mean a thing to say. She is a wicked witch whose husband's journey from hell starts and finishes with her. She is a sick and demented psycho who will someday live in hell. Now look, I will say the visuals that I think that was on MSNBC used while Nancy Pelosi was arguing that he looked like a scared puppy didn't really depict that, but I mean, make of that what you will. At this point, he's facing three separate indictments. The latest indictment, of course, has to do with his attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. And Cenk, before I go to you, I just want to say, animals are innocent. And I'm kind of sick of politicians <laughs> using adorable puppies to make their political points. Because Pelosi wasn't the first one to do it. In fact, back in March of 2020, Trump also used puppies in order to attack Nancy Pelosi. Watch. Mm. When you see Speaker Pelosi come out and say, President Trump's denial at the beginning of this was deadly. As the president fiddles, people are dying. What's your reaction to that? Well, you know, it's a sad thing. Look, she's a sick puppy, in my opinion. She really is. She's got a lot of problems, and that's a horrible thing to say. Scared puppy, sick puppy, just leave the puppies alone, okay? Cenk, what say you? Okay. So there's definitely someone who is psychotic and unhinged among those two politicians. And it ain't Nancy Pelosi. I, I got a hundred problems with Nancy Pelosi. 
but being demented and living in hell are not among them. Okay, so look, and I can say this with um, most of you that watch Young Turks, uh, understanding that I'm totally unbiased because I can't stand again. Uh, total bullshit. You do propaganda for Nancy Pelosi all the time. You did cover for her homosexual husband. Pelosi. And it's not personal, it's just that she took a billion dollars in uh, corrupt money and then did the uh, those corrupt donors interests. So I got no love for Nancy Pelosi, unlike everyone in mainstream media who feel like their mom was attacked, right? Well, what is Donald Trump talking about? There's two different problems here. One is just absolutely psychotic statement, right? She's gonna live in hell. What, for calling you a scared puppy? That's what gets you into hell these days? I mean, that's a pretty low bar. I think maybe, well, apparently you're going to hell too, because you called her a sick puppy. So you're gonna live in some sort of demented hell. And you know the reference he's making to Nancy Pelosi's husband, right? Of course, I'm gonna get to that in a okay, second. That's ahead. the most dangerous part. Okay, so just like the, the whole idea that this was some sort of vicious attack against Donald Trump. She just said scared puppy. This guy is so fragile. Yeah, how, how dare he defend himself? How dare you defend yourself? Hey, wingers, don't you see it? What's wrong with you? Clean out Look, your eyeballs. To be fair, like he's so weak. He's the weakest take, man in America. It doesn't take much to get under his skin, and he loses it over any perceived insult. And there's something about Nancy Pelosi trolling him in particular that's particularly effective because she gets under his skin very easily. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, look, to be honest, the day he got indicted for the third time, earlier in the day, Homeboy was playing golf. Like, I don't know if he's actually scared. No, I don't he's, know if yeah, he, I, I know, I know with great certainty. How do you okay. know with great certainty? I'm inside his mind, that's why. Uh, okay, no, He does have a certain level of unearned confidence, and I think that that usually carries him through no. all the legal battles that he typically deals with. I think in this case, it's gonna be a lot more difficult for him to skirt responsibility or consequences for yeah. what he engaged in. But what look, do you think? The reason why I say no, look, does anybody- I mean, look, I, I'm not in the guy's head. I'm not gonna pretend to be in the guy's head. You gotta think that, look, Trump wants to be liked. I think that's one of the fundamentals. I think that's obvious. He wants people to like him. He wants people to respect him and he expects loyalty. Um, uh, and 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 I'm not saying like as far as like I mean he would prefer his voters to be loyal, but he he won't attack someone f- for voting for a different candidate, which is interesting because Democrat politicians do that all the time. I've never seen Trump do that. But my point is, uh, Trump is well liked, particularly among his supporters. I would think the fact that you have what what are we talking about? Anywhere, depending on how you want to categorize everywhere, everyone, um, anywhere from 70 to 100 million people that are supporting you, I would think that would probably, if you're laying awake at night, you'd be like, oh, I at least got that. I mean, it's pretty good. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good thing. I would think that would kind of get you through a lot of this. Uh, I also think that uh, he, he is, um, he, he likes, like cutthroat competition. And I think he views this as just kind of the highest level of, uh, of I mean, maybe competing is not a great term to use because this shit is like for real. It's not like a, a, like a sporting event, but like he was very competitive in business. I think he just views it like that. 
So, you know, I'm sure it's, it's somewhat stressful. I'm not saying it's not stressful at all. With that said, though, this guy kind of like, he dealt with the mafia. He, he, did he not have to deal with the mafia in order to build his buildings? Did he not meet with mobsters and have conversations with mobsters? Wouldn't that be in many ways worse than this? I mean, in some ways you could argue that this is worse. I get that. And I think he's even said that. But if you've done that, like Nancy Pelosi, do you really think he gives a fuck about Nancy Pelosi as far as being intimidated? I don't think he is. You know, with absolute certainty, of course not. But what do I base it on? I base it on like literally hundreds of people that were insiders of Donald Trump, that were right next to Donald Trump. Yeah, but none of those people, who are you talking about? The horse from The View, she's not credible. Some who he's had spectacular fights with you want to you could dismiss if you want, but a lot that he didn't. And they all leaked the same thing or they all say it with their name attached to the quote. Like, he's a nervous wreck. He leaks himself to make it what it looks like. So that who, who has ever said that Donald Trump is a nervous wreck? I've never heard anyone say that. Maggie Haberman, right? Right. And Maggie, Maggie Haberman has zero credibility. Haberman is like number two most reported thing ever. From she has zero credibility. She's the one that said he was flushing documents down the toilet. New York Times is Trump's a nervous wreck. He's like so worried about this. He's scared. It's I, that's totally made up. I know guys like this. All it's all false bravado. I, you are all false bravado. I mean, if you're look, guys, we've been attacked online two thousand two thousand so incredible. Yeah, and you handled it like bitches. Low ball. Two million times? I don't know. times today alone. Yeah, 2,000 times today alone. Like, scared puppy is the lowest, like, is thing I've ever, like, meaning, like, it's no big deal. It's like the smallest insult we I've ever seen, right? But for this guy who's so insecure, so weak, even the little, the tiniest little insults, like, oh, 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 this is completely made up. I've never seen Trump do anything like this. So now he's doing a puppetless puppet show, uh, a completely deranged puppetless puppet show filled with retard noises. You're gonna live in hell for calling me a scared puppy. <laughs> what a mess, what a sniveling, pathetic loser. He called her a sick and demented psycho. For saying scared puppy, have you, do you exist? Online? Have you ever? My okay. God. So now Chank is pretending he's a tough guy online. These guys pretend. Chank has said that the people who anonymously criticize him online are like the Klan burning crosses on people's lawns. If he ever goes on Twitter and finds out what people are actually saying about him, okay. Okay. And, and of no, course. No, but I think, look, honestly, Nancy Pelosi triggers the hell out of him. Yeah, right? but you know why? Here's that's another reason why he's so weak. It's always women that trigger him, right? Total made up bullshit. Total made up bullshit. Be, and if you're a strong, confident man, who cares what a, another guy says about you, or a woman says about you, or a puppy says about you? Who cares, right? Like, sure, everybody's affected to some degree, but you let it bounce off of you. It's ironic because he, he's considered Teflon Don because. All of the different attacks against him bounce off of him because MAGA says, we don't care if he murders anyone. We love the terrible things that he says, etc. But internally, in his psychology, everything sticks to him. Even the tiniest little critique makes him cry and cry and cry at night. Again, totally made up. 
He's not strong 1% and you could tell it by how personally he takes it when it's women who do it. That's the sign, telltale sign of a weak, weak man. And look, he has been lashing out more than usual lately. And it's not just toward Nancy Pelosi, he's been lashing out at everyone. Of course, he's been putting out some threats as well, which got him into a little bit of trouble on Friday. I'll get to that in just a moment, but he's gone after Pelosi. He's attacked Mike Pence, special counsel Jack Smith, of course, the judge presiding over this particular case, this indictment having to do with the 2020 presidential elections and his attempt to overturn the results. It just goes on and on. And one of the threats he put out there apparently has led to some court filings by the prosecutor. So in a court filing just before 10 p.m. on Friday, senior assistant special counsels Molly Gaston and Thomas Windham alerted the judge in Trump's latest criminal case, US District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin to a combative post Trump sent earlier in the day. And in that post earlier in the day, Trump wrote, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Now, that is clearly a threat, but- Again, saying you will defend yourself is not a threat. It's interesting because the prosecutors are using that statement to make a point about how the judge needs to implement some pretty severe restrictions in order to prevent Trump from going public with some of the evidence that the prosecutor- He should ignore everything and say whatever the fuck he wants, which I think is what he's gonna do. Prosecutors are going to share that they've obtained through the discovery process, right? So I wanna give you some information on that. So. Um, the so Gaston and Wyndham Wyndham wrote in their court filing all the proposed order seeks to prevent is the improper dissemination or use of discovery materials including to the public such a restriction is particularly important in this case because the defendant has previously issued public statements on social media regarding witnesses judges attorneys and others associated with legal matters pending against him and so in response to that a Trump spokesman person told the press that look, all the federal prosecutors are trying to do here is violate Trump's freedom of speech. Trump repeated that line or that talking point in a truth social post writing that no, I shouldn't have a protective order placed on me because it would impinge upon my right to free speech. Deranged, he loves that word, deranged Jack Smith and the Department of Justice. Injustice. Should, injustice should however, because they are illegally leaking all over the place, meaning leaking to the press. Which could be true, I mean, someone's leaking something to the press. What do you mean could be true, is true, who else would be leaking it? That's how we get so many reports about the updates to this 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 case. And the judge on Saturday, Judge Chutkin, let's go to graphic seven here, ordered that Trump's team file a response to the federal prosecutor's motion by 5 p.m. today. Trump's attorneys attempted to extend the deadline, the judge denied that. And sure enough, today there was finally a response from the uh, from the process, uh, I'm sorry, the defense attorneys, let's go to that graphic next. Uh, and they wrote that in a trial about First Amendment rights, that's not what this trial is about, the government seeks that's a lie. to restrict First Amendment rights. Worse, it does so against its administration's primary political opponent during an election season in which the administration, prominent party members, and media allies have campaigned on the indictment and proliferated its false allegations. I just want to reiterate again. Regardless of how many times Trump's 
defense attorneys repeat this, regardless how many times conservative media repeat this stupid talking point. This trial is not about First Amendment rights. I love their tactic of, oh, it's not clearly what it is. This is not clearly what it is. Guys, this is not what it clearly is. And how do you know? Because we say so. Oh, well, there you go, case closed. This trial is about the actions that Trump put behind his words in regard to installing- Yes, and again, those actions were 100% legal and constitutional. Fake electors- That's not a real thing. In order to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Yeah, so I wanna clarify a couple of things. First of all, the protective order, I think is being mischaracterized by a lot of the press. So it makes it sound like Jack Smith and the prosecutors were like, hey, the court should protect us. No, they're saying it's a protective order to make sure he doesn't leak about the case. We're about to send him all these documents, by the way, including witness lists. And so- I hope he uploads them all to Truth Social. When he's saying, if you come- Show this process zero respect, it is completely illegitimate. After me, I'm gonna come after you. That could easily be a threat towards the witnesses. Bullshit. Now the thing with Trump is that he purposely leaves things a tiny bit vague so that it could mean, well, no, I'm just gonna come after you rhetorically, which I have every right to do, and that's true. Plausible deniability, that's what he's an expert at. Yeah, and it could mean I'm gonna come after you legally if you're gonna come after me legally. Some plausible deniability on that, but in other times that he has said that, people have been physical and violent. Total lie, absolutely made up. And he has, according to even his former chief of staff, enjoyed that. Again, completely made up. And he thought they were right to go after Mike Pence and so many others on January 6th. So now, whether you say, hey, that's actionable, meaning like, are those- It's not an issue of being actionable, it's not real. Those words alone enough to put another charge on Trump? No, I wouldn't go that far, right? But should they be careful about him targeting witnesses publicly? Oh, well, he's not targeting. Of course, uh, lunatic, deranged fans of Donald Trump have tried to murder a lot of people. Uh, again, totally, completely made up. I mean, we can go through the whole dozens of cases again of the. Well, pipe- well, why don't you, why don't you go through the list? Pipe bombers again. And that was total bullshit. The guys showing up near Obama's house and right, the, again, total bullshit. Supreme Court and so many other places uh, where they threaten to kill people based on what Donald Trump. So now the Supreme Court attempted assassination of Kavanaugh is being blamed on right wingers. Amazing. I'm saying it. Donald Trump is perfectly aware of that. So remember, we started with. Calling someone a scared puppy is apparently vicious and demented. Vicious. But saying, if you come after me, I'm gonna come after you with the implicit threat of remember all the other times that I said that. Which is again made up. And people trying to kill others. Total right? bullshit. That is apparently not vicious, that's totally okay. And again, in MAGA world, it, it, nothing matters. Uh, they'll believe that, they'll think- Well no, the issue is you lie your ass off and then you use this tactic of pretending that you're trying to reason with MAGA people and then you complain that MAGA people don't believe your obvious bullshit that only retards would go along with. Calling someone a puppy is like the sickest, craziest thing in the world, and Trump inciting violence after violence after violence. Again, which is totally made up. It's just free speech and it's all good, right? And Anna's of course right, it's not about whether you asked for a recount, he asked and received many recounts. Uh, No signature audits. All the recounts he wanted. Uh, that's also a lie. No, it's when he did a fake elector scheme. Which is not a real thing. Had them sign papers saying that they were the real electors when they weren't. That's also a lie. That is 
textbook fraud. Again, all made up. Let alone all the other things. And I wanna just come back to speaking of violence, the last point I wanna make about Nancy Pelosi's husband, right? So he makes an allusion to her, like, oh, I didn't wanna say anything about how your husband got his head bashed in by another fan of mine. Again, made up completely. But now that you called me a meanie, meanie word, I'm gonna talk about it and unleash more demons against you. And though that your husband was smashing the head with a hammer by one of my fans. Again, totally made up. Because he thought he was helping me. But a blatant lie. No, it's actually your fault, Nancy Pelosi. And you basically, his message seems to be, you had it coming because you dared to ever criticize me. So what is that? Well, he had it coming. I don't know, you know, uh, if it's really related to Trump or whatever. But I, I, I thought it was funny. I mean, for anyone else who criticizes him, yeah, the guy's a mobster. He's a piece of crap. He's a lifelong criminal. It's super obvious unless you're in a cult, right? Yes. Yeah, see, guys, if you don't believe and obey Cenk Uger's dumb baboon bullshit, you're in a cult. I'm gonna shed a little bit more light on the. <laughs> the threat about Nancy Pelosi's husband, because remember, there were also all sorts of strange conspiracy theories floating around from the right wing alleging that, no, 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 no. This man who attacked Nancy Pelosi's husband is not a Trump supporter. It's actually Nancy Pelosi's husband's secret lover. The hilarious. So that part I don't know about, but I know that he was definitely a leftist. So the idea that he's a Trump supporter is completely made up. I mean, yeah, so look, that's, again, I think that's, that's why we say, by the way, MAGA idiots. That's why we call you a cult. Because look how angry he is. See, this is the beauty, especially as these indictments don't work and he runs and he becomes the nominee. They are gonna get madder and madder. Look how mad he is right now. This is great. Not a Trump supporter. It's actually Nancy Pelosi's husband's secret lover. Yeah, hilarious. I mean, yeah, so look that's, again, I we, that's, that's why we say, hey, by the way, MAGA idiots. That's why we call you a cult because you believe it insane. Pedophile, I don't care what you call me. You're the worst and I hope you take another booster shot, okay? So that's it. Theories like that. Oh yeah, I bet they were gay lovers. That's why he smashed him over the head and said, yeah, I love Trump. Okay. So again, he didn't say I love Trump. Cenk just makes shit up. It's just fascinating. He makes shit up and then like an idiot, he gets angry if you don't go along with it. It's pretty funny. Get that get out of here, man. Mm. Look, the rest of the country can see you guys. The oh yeah, so now you're gonna pretend the whole country agrees with you? Amazing. People who can't see straight are you guys? Right. Who are like, oh yeah, no, smash uh -huh. someone over the head. Yeah, that's because they're oh, oh yeah, gay lovers, oh, gay frogs, gay everything. Bye, obsessed lunatics. Yeah. So no, that totally happened. Like, and by the way, the reaction of a lot of MAGA watching this will be, oh yeah, we're gonna do violence against you. How dare you call us violence? Okay, I, I've not said that. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't give a fuck. But uh, my issue is strategically, it's a mistake because they're just gonna use it to crack down harder on MAGA. So that's why I think you should follow all the rules and regulations in your municipality. Um, but I would have zero fucks to give, you know, as far as uh, like, Chank would, you're getting what you deserve. You're getting what you put out there. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a very foolish strategical uh, decision that helps them. So I, I'm completely against it 100%. Um, but, uh, but, I've not seen any Trump supporters saying that. And that's the thing about Trump supporters, they're not violent and they have to make up bullshit in order to pretend that they're violent. Okay, look, it's, why don't you fight with words? 
Uh, political ideas, I know you have none, zero, okay? Trump, what, what did you ever accomplish? Nothing but trillions of dollars to the rich. Okay, get suckered by this con man, see how you like it. They should draw the line when he encourages violence. When he encourages uh, violence- He doesn't do that. The law should apply to him along with every other American citizen. Okay, well that means you're arrested for Gavin Long. I would fully support you going to jail over Gavin Long. That would be fantastic. I know, MAGA, you think you're above the law and that your dear king should be dictator of everyone. And should Look how angry he is. He has to break any law he likes <laughs> and incite any violence he likes. <laughs> Sorry, I don't agree. I believe in America, unlike you guys. No, I believe in democracy, unlike you guys. Yeah. And I believe in winning in the battlefield of ideas, not violence, unlike you guys. Yeah. Thanks for watching. I, I really would love to see him go to prison. That would be incredible. Okay, let's get to some more breaking news from the internet here. Um, one second. All right, this is uh, breaking news from the internet from Drunk Pinata. And I think this is some sort of bullshit related to climate lockdowns or heat related lockdowns. Let's see what he says here. He said, uh, a new climate propaganda industry just dropped lockdown 2.0 safe travels hb thank you appreciate that so far so good with the driving and stuff um where is the rumble page it should be right here okay let's have a look to see what's going on here this is the um oh god what is climate psychology the climate psychology alliance Climate psychology is concerned with the emotions and social and mental processes that have contributed to the ecological and climate risk, or excuse me, climate crisis and our responses and processes of, ad of adapting to it. In the Climate uh, Philosophical Alliance, Climate, oh, Psychology Alliance. Um, we draw on psychotherapeutic approaches, physio, psychosocial studies, the arts, spiritual and philosophical thought, literature, systems, thinking, and epoch psychology uh, or echo psychology, all in the service of unpicking here we, here's the word you know what's coming our collective yeah you're dealing with commies and individual responses to the crisis much of which is unacknowledged and unconscious climate psychology aims to contribute by building understanding and support for individuals and groups enabling transformation and adaptation helping us to cope with the consequences of the climate and ecological crisis. We do this by creating shared spaces, networks, and processes to explore ideas, to express what is often hidden or unbearable, to share emotion, to reconnect with our human and non-human kin, with our bodies and creative impulses and hope, in short, to help us all cope with these difficult truths and painful emotions. Climate psychology explores current existential anxiety and its associated defenses, the ways old beliefs can be relinquished and the ways we can open up to new ones. It imagines, imagines new sets of practices, forms of support, ways of living and being 
with that can help communities survive and thrive. Climate psychology indicates a new way of imagining our internal worlds and our connectedness and interdependence with vital forces, the animate objects, the creatures with whom we share habitats. In summary, climate psychology provides a nuanced psychosocial understanding that engages with the unacknowledged emotions and unconscious processes that play a role in the formation of intentions and behaviors, the interactions between the personal and political and psychological and the social and the nature of our collected uh, paralysis. This sounds like AIDS commie gay bullshit. Racism and colonialism is at the heart of the climate and ecological crisis. Our approach is grounded in historical, political context, and we work to challenge colonial legacies that continue to underpin assumptions on the personal and relational level in our own communities and in decision-making at the political level. This means facing the difficult truth that racism and colonialism sit at the heart of the climate and ecological crisis and re oh, so it's not only just made up, this is even more made up than normal, gotcha. And re-examining our conceptual and relational frameworks. The colonial extravist perception of our human and non-human neighbors as resources rather than kin has left us bereft. This position continues to reinforce racist assumptions, behaviors and priorities that perpetrate deep global inequality and associated trauma, particularly affecting black, indigenous, and people of color. In recognizing and responding to this, climate psychology is concerned with the impact of collective and intergenerational trauma, exploring ways to reconnect with ourselves, with each other, and with the non-human world. Steffi Betterek suggests it is not cognition, but relationship, community, and a reconnection of exiled parts that brings healing into traumatized systems. This is a process of literal remembering of that which has been torn apart, turning towards the wounding in collective culture in order to be free from its long shadows. It's an act of cultural soul retrieval. What a crock of shit. Turning towards the wounding is an admission that we are lost and we need, this is a religion, this is a cult religion. We need to open ourselves to being lost if we are to find our way. Bayo Akalakalaka talks about being lost in terms of mutual, mutually, mutuality, whatever, between self and other part and whole here and there. Climate psychology itself is a field emerging out of Western discourses of psychology, so we too need to turn towards the wounding in our own culture to allow ourselves to be open and lost while being grounded in the emerging reality around us. I think that in getting lost and slowing down, the whole glimpse itself touches itself, said Malafi. Why climate psychology now? Our future depends on our choices and our capacity to confront the ecological and climate crisis, even as it's unthinkable and unbearable. At the same time, it depends on the complex, unpredictable interaction of different elements of the Earth's ecosystem, including tipping points, feedback loops, and potentially cascades of interrelated consequences. 
Climate change may not be a gradual process, however much we wish. This means we need to act in proportion to the magnitude of the challenge. Understanding climate psychology and developing creative approaches to support people is both necessary and urgent. Facing the science. Confronting the reality of the scientific evidence without shutting ourselves down emotionally is difficult. We need to find ways to be present in our situation and allow space to express climate distress without becoming so overwhelmed we're unable to act. Below, we provide a brief summary in climate science that gives a context for the work we do. If this brings to the surface distressing thoughts and feelings, please feel welcome to attend one of our climate cafes or check out one of our podcasts. Tipping points, complexity, connectivity. There are warning signs that we're dangerously close or have reached tipping points in a number of areas. These include the melting of ice sheets in Antarctic and Greenland, loss of the Arctic sea ice, loss of coral reefs, thawing of permafrost, loss of blah, 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 all bullshit. The connectivity between these shifts helps us understand the urgency of the situation and the significance of the extreme weather events we're already seeing, otherwise known as weather. The Earth is a complex and living system. We cannot separate it into easy-to-manage compartments. The Amazon contributes to the water cycle, bringing rain to huge areas of fertile land. We human beings are part of this ecosystem. It is our home, our shared habitat. However, the objective voice of science and policy excludes feelings of personal or community loss and grief. It distances us from consequences of the crisis, which many people are already experiencing around the world, and the anger and fear it induces. David Wallace Williams in The Uninhabitable Earth discusses directly the impacts on human beings Heat, death, hunger, sea level rise, wildfires, freshwater drain, dying oceans, unbreathable air, plagues, economic collapse, climate con conflict, and basically anything bad. Climate and ecological disasters are already happening and becoming more frequent and widespread bullshit. And we need to recognize this if we're to adapt and survive. Seeing the scale of the crisis can be overwhelming. However, for people not already directly affected, it brings closer the consequences of continuing business as usual. We know there is action we can take to reduce future harm, to restore some damaged ecosystems, bullshit, and to adapt to the changes that are happening. The scale of transformation needed means we need to face fundamental questions about our values and how we live. This includes emotional, psychological, and relational adaptation. We need a restorative approach to our ecosystems recalibration of our place in those systems and a restorative approach to our relational structures. We need to move away from the culture of uncare towards one of radical regeneration on a personal, relational, and societal level. No. Most importantly, how we facilitate healing our ecosystems. To read more, our Wikipedia page provides a concise overview of key ideas and the emergence of the field and the Handbook of Climate Psychology provides short explanations of key concepts. So this is the bullshit they're going to feed to you as they lock you down. And hopefully it doesn't work in this country. But the, I do think the climate lockdowns are coming. So, yeah.
bunch of commies. Got a bunch of commies making up bullshit. That's basically academia now, unfortunately. Commies make up a bunch of bullshit and it becomes truth. It's an amazing thing. All right, we have some more breaking news from the internet. This is from Ian's network. And uh, let's see, one second. He says, was there a message with this? He says, breaking evil pedophile news. All right, let's have a look to see what's going on with evil pedophile news. All righty. This is loading. Veteran, hold on, let me uh, make sure, okay. Veteran blown up in the suicidal Biden surrender of Afghanistan explains what it's like to meet Joe Biden. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of these, I think. He is not having a good impression, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, he's not giving off one. This, I was like, oh my fucking God. And that's what I said. And the cigarette, cigarette service dude just like beat red and like trying not to laugh. And uh, I was like, fuck. And this dude, like two minutes later, he walks in with him and Jill Biden and their little entourage of people and like a photographer. And uh, right away, like remember him coming up to me, um, trying to shake my hand. Like, I try to shake my right hand, and I look at him, and I'm like, I don't have an arm. And my left arm is in this big-ass cast with this giant orange fucking foam block around it. I completely immobile. All I can do is move my head. My arm's gone. I'm like, I don't have an arm. And he says, oh, and, like, kind of stands up, and then, like, goes over to reach for my fingers, because about an inch of my fingers are showing, and just, like, grabs my fingers. Doesn't say doesn't greet me or anything just that's what happened just grab my fingers and uh i was like okay that's weird and you know almost immediately starts talking like about how their son served in the military doesn't say anything about what happened starts talking about how their son served in the military and uh my mom is just like she's furious at this point and they're like taking pictures and stuff and uh she goes she was like my mom said that she was like i don't give a fuck say i don't care what you guys fucking do she's like you better take care of him for the rest of his fucking life and uh like she said that and um i'm sitting there and he comes over to me and he leans over me i have a, I have a picture of this to prove it i'll show you this picture that i have um it's a pretty funny picture uh, he leans over me and he's like this close to my face and he's like what do you want I said, what do you want yeah I said what do you want I said what he said what what do you want and I'm just like confused I'm, I just got blown up I just fucking saw my friends die next to me I'm like I just want to be myself and he's like, huh? And my mom's furious. And she's like, he said he just wants to be himself. He just wants to be him. He said he just wants to be me. And he goes, oh, okay. And they just continue to talk about everything but what just happened. And then um, they just ushered him out of the room. He didn't know what to say. They ushered him out of the room, and that was that. 
and uh, my mom tried multiple times to get help from 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 them reaching out to the first lady and try to get some some legislation passed for caretakers like herself who own businesses who don't get any financial support for helping their fucking service member that just got his whole life torn apart and uh she wanted to help other caretakers in the future have you know because they didn't there's caretaker there's certain amount of money that you can get as a caretaker depending on what you do and uh or help but it's it's a process and so she was working through that but she wanted to pass legislation for future caretakers to to help get you know like hey if you run a business and you need to come take care of your son who fucking you know served their fucking country and just got blown up like you can do that and not have to worry about financial shit for a little bit you know what i mean and so she was trying to get help with that and they just pretended to help they kind of just fucking brushed her off and uh pretended like they were connecting her with the right individuals and didn't fucking help her at all and so um obviously because of the congress stuff now my mom is since you know going to be moving forward with some with some stuff with some individuals who are actually going to help yeah i mean they they hate the troops they hate the citizens um if you recall and and, i mean it was obvious this shit was deliberate um uh, very shortly after it happened, but you might remember there was the testimony from one of the soldiers that from from the top, they were told uh, they identified that they they spotted the suicide bomber, they identified him, they knew him, they had the shot, and they requested multiple times to take the shot. They were they were prevented from killing the suicide bomber. They deliberately they deliberately allowed the suicide bomber to blow people up. That was from the top. That's Afghanistan. The The soldiers spotted the fucking guy. They knew it was him. And they, on multiple occasions, requested permission to take the shot. And from the higher-ups, they were told no. Shit was deliberate. Sick. It's a sick regime, man. It is a sick regime. Yeah, there's a bunch of these. I saw these going around on Twitter. There's a bunch of these. People just absolutely aghast at how not only that Biden's completely out of it, but he, he clearly hates he clearly hates them. Um, <clears throat> all right, let me uh, read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Entropy. Link in the description. We're also taking them through Streamlabs. Link in the description, and we're also taking Rumble Rants. Also, we're trying to get to a combined 125 subscribers between Subscribestar, the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, and Rumble. And uh, uh, when we hit 125, my twin homosexual brother, who is completely real, is going to release a book within two weeks of hitting the goal called What a Bigot Would Say. It's going to be a a book about all the different racial epithets you should never say, what jokes you should never tell, what, what things you should believe and not believe, you know, what a bigot would say. And uh, it'll be released free to the audience via PDF. And then after that, we're going to try to get it published on Amazon in the diversity, equity, and inclusion section. We're about 15 to 17 away from our goal. Uh, so if you would like to help us with that, you can go to subscribestar.com slash hard-bastard. Or you can go to Rumble and click the red subscribe button or when the soft gentleman is streaming you can go to the soft gentleman youtube channel and click join and you will be joining the bathhouse uh ian's network says introducing the latest uh 
in sun-eating technology, the tosser, the tosser is the humane way to hold expedient fair trials. Incredibly accurate, the tosser reduces the risk of AIDS rain to only about 2% with the launch of payload of uh, a launch payload of one ton you can launch up to 15 quote-unquote people or one large commie the tosser except no substitutes sun x inc all right that sounds that's uh, that sounds great that sounds very promising it does look like we have our uh, we have the technology to begin yeeting the commies into the sun all right very good it's got to win the election thank you ian's network appreciate that Mark Mexel says, HB, did you see Sitchin Adam on a panel with Destiny earlier today? I, I did not. Absolute AIDS everywhere. Need your commentary, or better yet, you on that panel with them next time. Yeah, probably. I, you know, I, I would do it. I just, it's highly unlikely I would get the invite, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I'll check that out. If it's full-blown AIDS, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely cover it. So, yeah, very interesting. <clears throat> Okay, let's uh, let's go to Streamlabs here. Um, okay, where do I see? Wow, oh, Hog Mama. Hog Mama says, "Hey HB, this is Hog Mama. How you doing? Pretty good. I hear you're down in Florida on vacation. You know who else lives in Florida? That's right, Hog Mama does. You're welcome to stop by sometime, HB. I live way south in a little town called Dumpwater." Take exit 262, and as soon as you get off the freeway, hang a right on Gator Road, and I'm the first double wide in Hogland Trailer Park, a little ways up on the left. I've got an extra room in the back of the trailer. Just give me a call. Well, that's a, that's a hell of an offer. I'm going to have to pass on that, but uh, that's got to be a hell of a smelly uh, trailer, i got to think. Man. <clears throat> Go in there, probably smells like big farts, but Hog Mama, appreciate the offer. Amazing. Now we got Chunk Uger. Chunk Uger says, hey guys, this is Chunk Uger. Yeah, the one and only. As you guys know, I have been working on a book. Online trolls are saying that I will never release a book, but they're so wrong. In fact, I just released it on Amazon. It's called How to Make Love to a Horse by Chuck Fluger. I had to use the pseudonym Chuck Fluger to protect my awesome reputation here at TYT. Don't get me wrong, we've got a great progressive audience here at TYT, but I'm not sure if they're ready yet for horses. My book has only been released a couple of days, but people are already calling it the Bible of horse fucking. Chapters include staking out the barn, make sure the farmer is asleep, using a milk crate for proper positioning, getting your horse to raise her tail, and much, much more. You guys know my reputation. If anyone knows horse fucking, it's me. Well, that's true, Chink. Hell, I've campaigned on legalizing bestiality. Buy my book now, and you'll be making love to a horse in no time. All right, well, there you go. Chank Uger advertising his new book, How to Make Love to a Horse. Uh, apparently, horse fuckers are calling it the Bible of horse fucking. That is not a phrase I thought I would be uttering today, but that's the beauty of the internet, that I uttered the phrase, now for a third time, the Bible of horse fucking. <laughs> that's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> that's great. By the way, that's a great idea for a book. That's a great idea for a... That's a... Could you imagine... Man. Oh, you know what? That's an idea. 
write books that like hint that they were written by people that they weren't written by and then just start talking about it as if it's a given that they wrote the book oh that's a good idea that's a good idea like how to get around the bathhouse by david packman that would be <laughs> could you imagine the greatest thing ever would be if somehow you wrote enough of those books and then like david packman was doing an interview and someone by mistake brings up the book and being like, yes, you, apparently you're an author of a couple books. And David would be like, well, a couple books? I'd be like, yeah, you wrote your, your kid's book, How to Think Like a Detective. And then this other book, How to Get Around the Bathhouse. Oh, that would be, that would be a golden moment. Uh, Big Chris says, and the Democrat cock enters Keek's ass. Pretty much. That, that is, yeah, that is pretty much how it happens. All right, let's see what the next video is here. This is, uh, oh, so uh, this shit is so ridiculous. Now look, um, believe what you want. I don't care what religion you are. It is what it is, okay? I'm not a religious person. There are some people, Jehovah's Witnesses as an example, who believe that Jesus was killed by the Romans at the behest of the Jews, okay, and in fact, it, it, it was so crazy that Pontius Pilate was, was like, yo, I don't see any fault in this man. And the Jews were like, kill him anyway, okay? Now, I understand that there's some Christians that don't believe that. That's no problem, no problem. But there are some people who believe that that's how the story goes, okay? Now, I'm Italian, and I'm not an expert on history or anything, but weren't the Romans Italians? So you could also argue that the Italians killed uh, Jesus as well. No problem. I'm not getting bent out of shape over that. If suddenly, if there was a group of Christians that believed that the Italians killed Jesus, I would have zero fucks to give about that, okay? Uh, so Jamie Foxx, apparently, um, there's this like old meme or whatever about they killed Jesus. What do they? What do you think they'll do to you, or some shit like that? Okay, so he posted that on Instagram, and of course the ADL and everyone freaks out. Okay, oh, he's being anti-Semitic. It, it it is so incredible to me that it's considered an act of anti-Semitism to simply acknowledge what some people believe happened in a story. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Look, that's the story, okay? Now, some people you know, might put more importance on it, less importance on it. I don't, you know, do what you want. But there are people that believe that that's how it went down. And so Jamie Foxx then had to come out and apologize. He didn't have to apologize. He just decided to be a fucking bitch. And Jamie Foxx, of course, did the bitch thing and apologized. Actor Jamie Foxx uh, apologized over the weekend after a post that he put up on Instagram led to accusations of anti-Semitism. I'm gonna show you the post and then we'll get to the explanations. He had uh, posted this, they killed this dude named Jesus. What do you think they'll do to you? Hashtag fake friends, hashtag fake love. Now those hashtags are super relevant and we'll get to why in just a moment. Uh, but 
I can also understand why he received backlash for that. So the interpretation was that Fox's post promoted the idea of Jewish deicide, described as the charge that Jews bear eternal responsibility for the death of Jesus Christ per the American Jewish Committee. Now, it is true that this is a talking point that has been levied by anti-Semitic people to justify violence toward Jewish people. However, there's also miscommunication and a bit of a disconnect culturally speaking here. Because apparently this is a phrase, a colloquialism, if you will, within the black community. And so there is actually an explanation here before we get to that. After appearing to have repeated that trope, Fox was dragged over the coals. So a wider frame, a newsletter, a newsletter that says it aims to provide a better overall understanding and scope of Jewish world news, shared Fox's original post and called it horrifically anti-Semitic. Actor Jennifer Aniston then reposted a wider frame after she said that she came under fire for seeming to have liked his post. So here's what she wrote, which you tell me if you can decipher what she means here, right? Because mm-hmm. she said, quote, this really makes me sick. I did not like this post on purpose or by accident. Well, it's gotta be one of them. It's other, gotta right? be one of them, right? Because that has happened to me where I'm like scrolling through Twitter or scrolling through Instagram and I accidentally like something, yeah. right? That I don't actually like. So I'm like, maybe it was an accident. I don't think, you know what I mean? But when she puts out that statement, I'm like, well, it's one or the other. What do you mean here? But anyway, the rest of her post says, I did not like this post on purpose or by accident. And more importantly, I want to be clear to my friends and anyone hurt by this showing up on their feed. I do not support any type of anti-Semitism and I truly don't tolerate hate of any kind, period. Now, she also got a little little bit of backlash for that comment because they felt like she turned on a good friend of hers. Because I don't think that he meant to say anything anti-Semitic there. Number one, Jamie Foxx does not have a history of anti-Semitism. If he did, if there was anything else questionable in his past, I'd be like, I don't know, I don't know. However, I wanna give you his apology because in his apology, there's an explanation that I do think is, is that has merit. He says, I wanna apologize to the Jewish community and everyone who was offended by my post. I now know my choice of words have caused offense and I'm sorry, that was never my intent. To clarify, I was betrayed by a fake friend and that's what I meant with they, not anything more. I only have love in my heart for everyone. I love and support the Jewish community. My deepest apologies to anyone who was offended. So apparently there's like this figure of speech saying type thing within the black community where they're trying to make a point about how those closest to you can sometimes be the fakest and could sometimes be the most harmful to you, right? Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) Okay, so first of all, I'm gonna explain who actually killed Jesus in a minute. Oh, thank God. Yes, but let's address whether these folks are anti-Semitic or not. Sometimes I feel like I might be overly sensitive on this issue because I grew up with so many friends who are Jewish. Same thing on it with stories that relate to Asians, etc. I try not to be, you have to look out for everybody at this in the same exact way, okay? Well, you never do that. And so my radar is up on it, partly because I grew up knowing those anti-Semitic tropes because I had grew up with so many Jewish friends, right? And and here as well. Anyways, but even so, this one didn't ring an alarm for me. 
Um, be, why? Because context matters, and so and the statement matters. So number one, if it was Kanye West, well, he has a long history of saying anti-Semitic things, so it would not be at all surprising, and I would assume that it was anti-Semitic because of that context. Jamie Foxx has no such context, none, right? Second of all, I can read. It says hashtag fake friends, hashtag fake love. Why would you put that in an anti-Semitic post? I don't. I just don't understand how it would be logically connected, right? right? So. 100% pardon for Jamie Foxx. And Jennifer Aniston's first line was totally confusing. Right. But other than that, 100% pardon for her for liking this. And 100% pardon also for the statement. She didn't throw Jamie Foxx under a bus. I mean, at best, at worst, that statement was massively confusing. But she didn't say Jamie Foxx did anything wrong. She just says, I'm not in favor of anti Semitism either, right? Which is the same thing Jamie Foxx says. And so, guys, if you make everything racist, anti-Semitic, bigoted, sexist. Well, you've already done that. Then nothing is. So you have to be, you have to use it. <clears throat> A little too late for that dummy. When it is appropriate, mm -hmm. okay? And not just for the super extreme cases where some anti-Semite goes in and kills a bunch of people in a synagogue. But no, when somebody says there are good people on the Nazi side, right? When somebody goes and speaks in front of Jewish leaders and goes, nobody knows how to negotiate better than this room, right? Again, that's a joke, and they all left. And we can, and let alone dining with Nazis. It's that we can go on and on. Those are real cases of anti-Semitism. They're here. They're real, and the right and, and they're not real. Anti-Semitic attacks have risen tremendously. That's totally made up since the Trump era began. Total. I mean, again, total made-up bullshit. But this ain't it. And so if you call this anti-Semitic, you're gonna lose credibility. You have no credibility, the ADL has no credibility, it's too late. And so look, it doesn't help anyone. To uh, the ADL's credit, Jonathan Greenblatt with the American, um, the Anti-Defamation League put out a statement after Jamie Foxx's apology and explanation saying, we welcome Jamie Foxx's apology. Oh, and they how, how merciful. Rabbi Nosferatu is accepting the apology. Thank him for his clarification. Furthermore, we wish him well as he recovers from his prior hospitalization. Great. Um, by the way, he was hospitalized and he's recovering. Um, the details of his illness has not been uh, disclosed and we don't need to know. That's his personal business. Yeah, no big deal. Not Definitely not the vaccine. Um, Greenblatt also wrote, truly appreciate Jamie Foxx reaching out and confirming privately what he also said publicly. His message of love for the Jewish community is crucial in this time of rising hate. We are strong. Which is completely made up. Together. And so, look, I think the biggest lesson to learn from this particular case is it's okay to Try to interpret people as charitably as possible, <laughs> right? Give them amazing, amazing. Too late, bitch. A chance to explain themselves. And clearly, there was an easy explanation here for why he used the phrase that he did. And you know, you got to be a little careful because a, a colloquialism within your community might not. Uh, come across as such to the broader community. Uh, but the explanation makes a lot of sense to me, and I don't think that Jamie Foxx is anti Semitic in any yeah, way. Yeah, so last couple of things here. First of all, Jonathan Greenblatt, uh, I like what he said about Jamie Foxx, and, and I, that's good. You don't want to, uh, to be a boy who cries wolf. Love that he. What are you talking about? He, he is a constant boy who cries wolf. Clarified it, and he's done a great job in fighting back against anti-Muslim bigotry, etc. As has the entire ADL. On the other hand, Greenblatt is one of the people who abuses the word anti-Semitism the most when it comes to honest policy disagreements about Israel. 
If you disagree about anything that Israel's doing, Greenblatt's gonna call you an anti-Semite. Happy, he does it every time, and he's gotta reel that back in. We don't want you losing credibility. We you have no credibility. Don't want ADL losing credibility. The, the ADL could not have less credibility. We're in the middle of really important fights for all of us, okay? So please keep policy differences out of you know, calling people names. And so it happens far too often. Unfortunately, it happens a lot on the left. And we are on the left and, and, and that doesn't help anybody's cause. So uh, now the next thing I wanna say is, Anna's absolutely right and I have a rule inside the company here for everybody. Don't assume bad intent. The things go awry when your first assumption is bad intent. No, look at the full context. Unless, of course, it's a Trump supporter. And if you see a context that shows bad intent, then okay, that's fine, right? Mm -hmm. But assume good intent until you find out otherwise. That should be a rule of thumb, whether it's politics or at work or within your family and friends, etc. And then lastly, I promised you uh, who killed uh, Jesus. So I talk about this in my book, you could order it. Uh, at tyt.com slash justice, we'll have a link yeah, down below. Sure, sure. Um, I explain how progressive Jesus is and uh, and how he would make Karl Marx blush. That's uh, also part of that same segment. But in this case, it's not the Jews didn't kill Jesus. And some say, you know, SNL famously joked in a skit that it was the Italians because the Romans did it. No, plenty of Jews disagreed, plenty of Romans disagreed. It was the conservatives who killed Jesus. It was the conservatives who. <laughs> Yeah, goddamn Trump supporters killed Jesus. These fucking guys. Who said he is? They did the Holocaust. They killed Jesus. Oh man, Trump supporters are the worst. Overthrowing an established system, oh my and we God. don't like that. He's going against our traditions, whether they're Roman or Jewish traditions, and we want him eliminated. So the only people who agreed to kill Jesus were conservatives. Yeah, of course. That's in the Bible. Yeah, guys, totally in the Bible. So it yeah. is what it is. Case closed. Baboon Bible. You asked. I told you. Thanks for watching. What a fucking retard. All right, let's see here. Oh, David Pakman, Trump may have just landed himself in jail. Yeah, right. Donald Trump may have just landed himself in jail right. uh -huh. for pretrial detention. What is going on here? Listen to this. Yesterday, we spoke about Donald Trump's threats being made. Yes, to the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, but more generally to uh, people who are involved in one way or another with Trump's prosecution. And Trump was told not to communicate with witnesses, which he is now doing through social media in multiple ways. Let's remind ourselves of what was said. Donald Trump posting to Truth Social in all capital letters, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. As I told you yesterday, this again, 100% legal. It's led to the Department of Justice filing for a protective order. There was an initial timeline for that. Trump asked for an extension. The judge said no, and we're still figuring out how that's going to finally get adjudicated. In the meantime, Donald Trump went back on Truth Social and this time talked about Mike Pence, posting, quote, Wow, it's finally happened. Little Mike Pence, a man who was about to be ousted as governor of Indiana until I came along and made him VP, has gone to the dark side. I never told a newly emboldened, not based on his 2% poll numbers, Pence to put me above the Constitution or that Mike was too honest. He's delusional. 
And now he wants to show he's a tough guy. I once read a major magazine article on Mike. It said he was not a very good person. I was surprised, but the article was right. Sad. This is related to reports that Pence's testimony might be a big factor in Trump's trials. An article I just showed you in the last segment. This goes directly counter to what the judge told Trump to do. So he's not allowed to criticize a guy he's running against. Nice try, bitch. As far as the pretrial conditions, the Washington Post has an extensive article about what oh, happened sure. in the courtroom yeah. last week, and it says, quote, next, the judge tells Trump he may not communicate with any witness about the facts of the case, which he did not without an attorney present. Quote from the judge. Now, I want to remind you, it is a crime to intimidate a witness or retaliate against anyone for providing information about your case to the prosecution or otherwise obstruct justice. Do you understand these warnings, sir? And Trump nodded. So what are they going to do? They're going to get every person running against him, including Biden, to somehow be a witness in the case. So now he can't talk to them and he can't run. Uh, but he didn't say anything, which led to the judge to say, having heard these conditions, are you prepared to comply with them? Trump stands right hand in the air, agrees to comply with the conditions of release. Trump is directly violating that instruction. Here. Bullshit. Also, who cares? Trump is responding to Mike Pence on the basis of Mike Pence's believed previous and potential future participation in this case as a witness. This is arguably a form of communicating with witnesses, and I would argue even attempting to tamper with them or influence them. And for all of the talk from people around Donald Trump about freedom of speech, it's all about this exact type of thing. The charges, the indictments, they are not because Trump spoke, as it says in the <clears throat> indictment. Trump can say, I won. Yeah, just like North Korea says that. What is it? The People's Democratic whatever of North Korea. Oh, yeah, I guess that's what that means. Trump can lie and say, I won. That is all perfectly legal. But the problem is that he actually tried to defraud and disenfranchise voters by virtue of the fake elector scheme, pressuring public officials, etc. This statement from Trump to Mike Pence, the one we talked about yesterday about if you come after me, I will come after you. These are all super clearly about the indictment. So could Trump be jailed for violating the conditions of his release? Absolutely. If Judge Chutkin were to do that, obviously it would completely implode both Trump's campaign and his ability to prepare for other trials. I at the same time believe that even though it would completely derail Trump's ability to campaign, most of his supporters would stick with him, even if he was in jail being held in pretrial detention. Sometimes when you get detained pretrial, you are there until the trial. And right now, Trump's lawyers are trying to delay all of these trials. If and this is very hypothetical, if Trump were to be pretrial detained by virtue of his violation of the orders of release, it may be the worst thing in the world for him that his lawyers are doing what they can to delay the trial uh, because it will just lead to Trump sitting around in jail even longer. Do I think it's likely to happen? No. Is it possible? Absolutely. Does this meet the criteria violating what Judge Chutkin put out? One hundred percent.
Hopefully uh, David gets a taste of his own medicine and he ends up in jail. He's claiming that Joe Rogan went full election fraud. It, conti it continues to be a disappointment to see the direction that podcaster Joe... Oh, uh, the homosexual is very disappointed in Joe Rogan. I'm sure Joe Rogan has been out of shape over it. Rogan is going in. I continue to say that... This is not about any kind of like personal beef with Joe Rogan. As you know, I've been on his show twice. If he wanted me on again, I would be back on any time. I would present him with every one of my concerns and critiques, and I'm sure we'd have a fine discussion about it. But some of this stuff just seems not good. And the problem is a lot of the guests just kind of go with it and foment these beliefs. Here are a couple of clips from Rogan's recent interview with Patrick Bet David on whose program I've also appeared. And Rogan says, Yeah, he destroyed. I, I wish he would have uh, treated Chank Uger the way he treated David Pakman, but he was very weak on Chank Uger, whereas he completely destroyed David Pakman. That the indictments of Trump are turning the country into a quote, banana republic. 100% correct. This is a very disappointing direction. To yeah, see. how dare you tell the truth about us persecuting our political opponents? See Joe Goen. Let's listen. Yeah. And the people that, that love Trump, they feel like this is a witch hunt. And they feel like all the things he's getting indicted for are bullshit anyway. It does, it, not only does it not work, but it kind of hardens their position mm -hmm. that he's being targeted. And that this is, these are like the, the actions of a banana republic. And remember, with all of this language, He's being targeted. There, He's totally being targeted. There's a difference between being unfairly targeted for no reason or because people don't like you versus he has become a target because of the apparently rampant criminal wrongdoing. These That's are a total lie. Two different things. Right. One's real. One's made up. You take your political rival and you arrest him. And specifically, you charge him with things that you're f***ing guilty of. Like the, the, the documents, like the classified documents, Biden's guilty of the exact same issue. Of course, he's not. Uh, blatant, blatant, ridiculous lie. And listen, I've been saying since day one, investigate Joe Biden. If you find crimes, present them to a grand jury. If the grand jury says he looks like he did it, go ahead and indict Joe Biden. But there is no way to compare Joe Biden's lawyer finding a few documents and guys just a few documents just a few and immediately contacting the authorities again that ha that is totally irrelevant whether or not you immediately contacted the authorities it's illegal to have them operating completely versus a concerted and deliberate effort by donald trump to take documents again he was allowed to have them trump was allowed to have them to keep them to obstruct directing lawyers to lie there is no comparison again it, it, it's the baghdad bob or in david's case the fag dad bob fag dad bob says guys there's no evidence there is no evidence and patrick bet david could have mentioned this well what patrick bet david is not a silly faggot so of course he's not going to go along with your fag dad bob bullshit. at least on this subject patrick bet david you know knows what's going on joe rogan if he knows it but the environment foments this stuff from Rogan. You, you got to respect the, 
a level of deceptiveness that's been used. I mean, you, look at what Hillary did, going and saying, hey, it's Russia, but it was really, you know, what she was doing, and now they're using a similar play as well. How much election fraud do you think is real? Here we go, Joe. You want to go to election fraud? Yeah, because I don't think it's zero. No, it's no not way. zero. I think we no. could all agree it's not zero. No way, it's not zero. And we know yeah. that these voting machines can be fed with. Yeah. And we know <laughs> yeah. that there's some irregularities, uh, all that that Carrie Lake stuff in mm -hmm. Arizona yeah. that they're trying to dismiss. It doesn't look like that's invalid. It looks like. So it looks like Joe Rogan's been reading about Arizona. That's fantastic. Better than Tim Pool. There's real fraud there. It looks completely invalid. Uh, no, you're a liar, uh, and you uh, do propaganda for the regime, and you pretend that Governor Catpiss won fair and square. It looks completely invalid. And again, I don't know if Joe doesn't know. I don't know if PBD doesn't know or doesn't care to mention it. The Carrie Lake fraud claims are ridiculous. Uh, no, they're not. And one red flag is that she lied about it every step of the way. Total bullshit. If you have the facts on your side, if you don't have the facts on your side, you're Carrie Lake and you want to argue, I actually won, not my opponent. You wouldn't have to constantly lie and say she did not lie. The judge awarded us a victory today. Uh, it, it shows there was fraud. And then you go and it's like the judge said that you can call a couple witnesses. That's all that happened. And then it immediately has no merit and is thrown out because it has no merit or all the machines were down indefinitely and nobody could vote. A few tabulators were down. Guys, just a few tabulators were down. That's all. Just a few tabulators. In one part of Arizona yeah, for a few hours. That's it. Just for a few hours, one part. That's all. The Republican Party itself looked into it. Guys, the Republican Party says everything's fine. And said, we don't find the need to sue. Right. We retract Guys, our yeah, own. nothing to see here at all. Come on, just obey. Lawsuit. Because a guy said a thing, a guy said it, it's okay, so just obey. It actually is not a concern, right? So it's not a concern at all. Every it feels like there must be some real fraud. Give me a break, guys. This is this is just not serious. Then we get on to the economic situation. Huh? Oh yes, how dare they not acknowledge that this is the greatest economy in the history of the country? I won't even introduce one, but again, it's it's Joe Rogan on the U.S. economy, Trump versus Biden. You can't beat that guy. You just can't. When that guy gets out there and he's waving to people and they're going crazy, you're not beating that. There's a f and the fact that he was the president for four years and the country was in a, a, a great economic situation. Yeah. And it looked like his policies were actually effective and that it looked like the unemployment was down. All business mm -hmm. was building. Regulations were being relaxed. More things were getting done. You know, when you look at it from a policy perspective, if you just look at it on paper, what he did was effective. Now, again, good for Rogan. Fantastic. He's coming around. If you now David's going to pretend that the economy wasn't good. You don't think. But that the economy's good now, though, under Biden. This stuff through, it will rot your brain. Right. Yes. Telling the truth will rot your brain. How dare you? The lowest that Joe Rogan and Patrick Bet David are, they have a responsibility to repeat our homosexual propaganda. Unemployment got under Trump was 3.5%. The lowest that it got under Biden was 3.4%. And it remained low under Biden for longer than under uh -huh. Trump. 
That's the metric he pointed to. Mm. Again, if you want to come to me and say, David, the average American is not doing well or inequality or all these different things. Have at it. Have at. But he cites unemployment. The unemployment numbers are better under Biden. Stock market peak higher under Biden than Trump. Wage growth average and peak higher under Biden than Trump, reaching the sixes under Biden, only reached the fours under Trump. So this is what I'm talking about. It's a lot of it feels like sort of stuff. And I would love to go back and talk to Joe about this stuff and see what he has to say about the app. Hopefully he tells you to go fuck yourself. Actual fact. Now, here's one last clip. Uh, here's Rogan saying uh, no one's going to beat Trump, at least not in the primary, which I agree with unless something crazy happens. No one is going to run against Trump in the Republican side and win because you're not going to get the Trump supporters. They are all in on Trump unless he has a stroke unless something happens. It's horrible. He, they're all in on Trump. You're, you, if you run against Trump, you're yeah. now the enemy of Trump. If I was friends with DeSantis, I'd be like, don't do it. You can't beat that guy. You just can't. When that guy gets out there and he's waving to people and they're going crazy, you're not beating that. All right. So uh, I basically agree with this. On this point, I believe Joe Rogan is right on a lot of this other stuff. It's a lot of feelings and certainly not as many facts as I would like to see. Well, you you what facts do you I mean, when when have you ever told the truth? I'm not aware of David ever telling the truth. It would be great if there were more voices talking to Joe recently that would maybe fact check some of this. Stuff. Well, he doesn't surround himself with faggots, so you're kind of out of luck there in real time. I uh, I would love to see it. It doesn't have to be me. Let's see if it happens. <clears throat> That's great. Uh, Joe Rogan's got a huge platform and he's uh, he, he understands what's going on with the elections. That's fantastic. All right. We have some breaking news from the Internet. This is uh, breaking tranny news from the internet from Mojack 420. Uh, let's see here. Where? Oh, yeah, this is the rumble page. Here we go. All right, let's have a look to see what's going on here. Breaking tranny. Oh, yes, the the pedophiles that gave an award named after a pedophile to a pedophile. North Carolina Charlotte Pride Awards child sex offender the 2023 harvey milk award amazing charlotte pride has awarded a gay child sex offender with the 2023 harvey milk award for exceptional lgbtq advocacy chad severance turner a former youth minister was accused by three boys of sexual abuse in 1998 and convicted on one count. According to a report from the case in 2000, there were initially three minor victims who came forward, all of whom had met Turner through his position as the music director at the New Harvest Church of God in Gaffney, South Carolina. The case was tried separately due to the nature of the charges and Turner was ultimately only convicted on one offense. Of the incidents, Turner was convicted on a 14-year-old boy had testified that Turner had invited him to spend the night at the house in a nearby community. The victim stated during the visit, Turner had questioned him on how he felt about a man performing oral sex on him. The boy said, I thought he was joking. He explained that Turner frequently questioned him about sexual acts between men and women, which upset him. 
because of the man's position in the church. The victim continued that following a revival meeting, he and Turner stayed overnight at the home of one of the other alleged victims. The teen says he woke to find Turner fondling his genitals, but didn't immediately report it due to shame. The second minor, who said he was 15 when the incident occurred, stated he was invited to Turner's home where the older man showed him a pornographic video of a man and a woman having sex. He then said later that night, after he and Turner went to sleep in the same bed, he woke up to find Turner fondling him. The third alleged victim, who was 15 at the time, said Turner had made the same advances to him over a three-week period when he stayed in the boy's home. The minor said Turner had fondled him several times. During the trial, Turner's defense attorney, Thomas Sheely, accused the boys of per perpetrating a witch hunt and asserted that it was suspicious that there was a few-month delay between them being sexually abused and them going to their parents. Turner was ultimately convicted on the charge related to the first victim and sentenced to 10 years in prison for committing lewd acts on a minor under the age of 16. He served two years behind bars before being released on parole and being ordered to the sex offender registry. Since being released from prison, Turner has become an active and notable member of the Charlotte LGBTQ advocacy community. <clears throat> In 2012, Turner was elected the president of the LGBT plus Chamber of Commerce, immediately heading efforts to push for an expanded non-discrimination ordinance, which many complained would prevent businesses from maintaining spaces such as washrooms as single sex. He was named Person of the Year by LGBT news outlet Q Notes in March of 2015, but he would resign from the Chamber of Commerce in 2016 after his history as a child sex offender came to light. The month prior, the non-discrimination ordinance was passed and Turner was awarded an honor by the Human Rights Campaign at their annual gala. The officials refused to state whether or not they were aware of his child sex offender status prior to giving him the award. Despite his previous resignation, Turner would once again join the LGBT Chamber of Commerce as its inaugural CEO in 2021. Under his leadership, the Chamber secured partnerships with prominent organizations like banks, NASCAR, and health companies. In July of 2023, Turner was appointed, appointed by Charlotte Mayor V. Lyles to serve on the city's Business Advisory Committee. Redux has now learned that Turner has been awarded the 2023 Harvey Milk Award by Charlotte Pride. The award is said to be presented to an individual to honor exceptional leadership, service to the community, and those who champion LGBTQ causes that impact the Charlotte community and beyond. Turner now has a glowing profile on Charlotte's Pride website, but his history of child sex abuse and his turbulent resignation from the Chamber of Commerce is not mentioned. According to his award biography, Chad's dedication to a more inclusive and equitable marketplace and workplace within the Carolinas has led to a vibrant region where people of all backgrounds feel valued and have a voice, especially pedophiles. Redux reached out to Charlotte Pride and they did not receive a response. So, yes, uh, the LGBTQ community, the, as far as the political advocates, are explicitly pro-pedophile. So, um, you know, maybe in 2016, it was a little different and a pedophile would have to resign.
But now, since they're going after the kids explicitly, uh, since they are 100% pro-pedophile, of course, they will not only bring the guy back, but give him an award. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right. That was breaking news from the internet from Mojack420. Hope you're doing well, sir. And I appreciate the support. Um, all right. Let's see. What do we have here? Let's go to... Let's see. Um, oh, here is where David says he sat next to MAGA lunatics at a dinner, which I... I'm suspicious about this. So as some of you saw from my uh, social media, I was in Chicago over the weekend for um, a family event. And I had the most kind of bizarre and interesting, but also troubling uh, experience at dinner one night. Uh, we're sitting there, you know, on a beautiful patio, having a tuna crudo and who knows what else. And I noticed that there's a table of about eight or so people very, very close behind me. Just like not really treating the wait staff that well. And as you all know, I'm uh -huh. very sensitive to this where when, when, yeah. when diners are like um, kind of rude in any way to wait staff, <clears throat> it makes me cringe and I notice and yeah. I was very much aware of it. Total bullshit. I don't buy that for a second. And then all of a sudden I hear a woman say, because I'm not voting for Joe Biden, that's for sure. So at this point, I kind of get interested and I start paying attention to the conversation. And it seems as though it was a table full of Republicans, certainly, but mostly MAGA type people. It was a mixed group of men and women, all roughly 60 ish years old, I would say. Uh, other than the fact that they were being rude to the, um, uh, you know, people of color who were waiting. Bullshit. On them. Uh, normal looking, right? I mean, they had figured out how to put their clothes on and they spoke relatively um, coherent uh, English and were native speakers, Americans, all that. So, so like more or less normal. And I hear because I'm not voting for Joe Biden. So now I start paying attention. One of the men then says, you know who I like that Indian guy, certainly referring to Vivek Ramaswamy uh, guy next to the to, to this guy says, yeah. And the Indian guy isn't part of the deep state. Oh, boy. Again, referring to Vivek Ramaswamy. One person at the table said the person I really like is Tim Scott, even though he doesn't really have a shot. And then one woman says to the woman sitting next to her. And this was like when Luke Beasley goes to the Trump rallies and interviews the people who say Trump's still in control of the military or like the most extreme of extreme conspiracy theories. This woman in the exact same tone says to the woman sitting next to her, you know, Obama's actually calling the shots, right? They've actually admitted it. Biden isn't doing anything. Now, this is all like bad enough. Yeah. How dare people accurately understand what's going on? How dare they? And what was interesting to see was that other than rudely treating the waitstaff, uh -huh. these were that's now three times that you said that more or less normal people that don't seem out of their mind. If you just see them show up and say, hey, table for eight, please. Oh, I'd like a margarita or whatever. Right. So 
the, the, the people that end up at Trump rallies, I often will say, you know, this could be your accountant. This could be your dental hygienist or whatever. It really could be. It really could be. And you don't notice how disconnected from reality they are. On so they have a firm grasp of what's going on politically. David, on the other hand, thinks men can give birth to to babies. And he's talking about other people being disconnected from reality until the, the topic of politics comes up. Now, this is where it really gets crazy. At some point, someone from the restaurant comes up to one of the guys at the table and refers to him as judge. OK, now this is genuinely super scary. Is there a judge in Illinois who believes that Obama is actually in control of yeah, how dare a judge have a firm grasp of what's going on the country right now. Obama. I did a quick look and, you know, Chicago area judges. I didn't find a picture of the guy that was sitting at that table. The most interesting moment is the following. That guy, the one that someone referred to as judge, turns to the person sitting next to him and says, you know, I'm a strong conservative. I, I really am. I vote Republican. I'm a strong conservative. I believe in conservative values. But we really don't have a good answer when they, meaning the left, say blue states are the ones with all the economic activity and blue states are the ones with the innovation and blue states are the one with the big economies and blue states are the ones that are paying in more in taxes and the red states are the ones that are taking more in taxes. We really need an answer to that. So 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 let me get this straight. The guy says that we really need to to figure out an an answer and and you're telling me he happens to believe the propaganda that you sell when it comes to blue states. I don't buy that for a second. That's really a problem for us. And it was such an interesting moment. I don't buy that for a second. On the one hand, because this guy realized that is something we don't have an answer to. But where he fails is the answer is it just happens to be the truth. The, the reality is that that's the case. Of course, the blue states in the United States disproportionately subsidize oh, the yeah. red states. Uh -huh. The economy <clears throat> is overwhelmingly and disproportionately blue. Yeah, states. You just have to let the blue states uh, do everything. Just obey, guys. It all comes down at the end of the day. Just obey states rather than red states in the United States. So the answer would be maybe it's good for state economies to do some of those things that blue states do. And of course, they're all sitting there in Illinois, which is quite a blue state that has voted Democratic for I don't know how long when it comes to the presidency. So I have no idea who this was. This guy really a judge was this guy an Illinois judge of some kind who was saying mostly crazy. But one thing that that made sense, I don't know. But it was certainly quite an experience. And, uh, you know, Chicago, what can you say? Yeah, it's a shame a jogger didn't give you what you deserve in Chicago. I don't know. Maybe next time. All right. Let's see. Um, Trump in serious trouble after violating a court order. On Thursday, during Donald Trump's arraignment, the judge was very clear. You are not allowed 
to go out and intimidate anyone. You can't send any threats to anyone involved in this potential witnesses. Doesn't matter who it is. Don't threaten anybody. Well, Trump made it about 24 hours before sending out a post on truth social that said, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. That's it. Very simple post. If you go after me, I am coming after you. This was pretty much unanimously, except for the hardcore MAGA folks, perceived to be a direct threat against any and all potential witnesses. Again, retarded, totally retarded against Donald Trump. So special prosecutor Jack Smith on Friday issued an emergency filing with judge Tanya Chutkin saying that we need a protective order to stop Donald Trump doing this, right? He is clearly threatening people with this post judge do something. <laughs> judge agreed. Judge said, all right, Donald Trump, your legal team, I will give you till Monday at 5 PM Eastern to submit your filing, basically explain what the hell your client did here and why he decided to violate the rules of the court. And then from there I'll decide what to do. So over the weekend, <laughs> I love going through these timeline type stories over the weekend, Donald Trump's lawyers asked the judge, Hey judge, uh, we can't be ready by Monday. I mean, we need a little more time to try to spin this to our advantage here. So, uh, can you give us an extension? Cause we just can't do it by Monday at 5 PM. Judge Chutkin said, no, Monday, 5 PM. That's your deadline. I'm not giving you an extension. So then Donald Trump on Sunday did what any crazy person would do and decided to send out another post on truth social attacking the judge. Excellent. Abject rebellion. That's what I want to see. Trump wrote, quote, there is no way I can get a fair trial with the judge assigned to the ridiculous freedom of speech slash fair elections case. Everybody knows this. And so does she, we will be immediately asking for a recusal of this judge on very powerful grounds. And likewise for venue change out of DC. Best of luck with that. Judge Chutkin has shown absolutely no bias one way. Oh, bull fucking shit. Go fuck yourself another towards you. Bullshit. She does not have any conflicts of interest. Total bullshit. She's a lunatic. Say she should have to recuse herself from the case. So there's literally nothing you can do about that. Also with the change of venue, you cannot put forward a sound legal argument to change the venues. And if you do find a sound legal argument that could be used to change the venues, well then guess what? Jack Smith's probably just going to do the same damn thing and get a venue change from down in South Florida and get judge cannon kicked off that case. You're screwed. No matter what USOB. <laughs> we'll see about that faggot. This man, Donald Trump, the former president of the United States sent out a very clear and direct threat on again, totally made up, not a threat at all. Friday, a clear violation of the orders of Bullshit. the court. The judge was being nice. No, she wasn't in giving them till 5 PM on Monday, the judge could have immediately said, Hey, listen, we gave you the orders. You responded in the affirmative that you understood them. Then you violated them. Guess what? We're not even going to have a hearing. I'm gonna put your ass in handcuffs and put you in jail right now. Do it. I want to see it. Fucker. That's what would have happened to any of them. Make this the biggest circus possible. The rest of us would have happened to me. Would have happened to you. If we violate a court, make the landslide even bigger order. 
we would immediately be held in contempt and put in jail. Immediately. No matter what. Hopefully one day I see that. But Trump wasn't. He could be. The judge still has that authority. And if his lawyer's response by 5 p.m. on Monday is not satisfactory, he could be. He should be. You should be. This man knows exactly what he's doing. Again, not only is he now threatening anybody who would testify against him, he is specifically attacking the judge. Fuck this judge. This judge deserves to be verbally insulted. There is no excuse for this. A gag order will not stop this. But by the way, his post on Sunday... Bitch, nothing will stop this. Attacking the judge is obviously trying to get ahead of the game because he knows he is screwed with what he did on Friday. So he's trying to go ahead and portray the judge as being unfair because he knows he is about to get a ruling that is going to be absolutely devastating to him. We'll see about that. I, I, I want to see the circus go up to level 9,000. So try to put him in jail. Hilarious. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the prophet's here, the unwiped asshole nigga. And he says, and I quote, now this is a story all about how I ass fucked a bitch in the grocery aisle. I said, bitch, nothing but a dick rap hoe, cunt link, gotta clean up on aisle foe. Hard dick niggas bring in world peace. Unwashed asshole stuffed with cheese, it's unripe. It's unwiped. So it's unripe and unwiped. Man, that sounds like a hell of a thing right there. And he's got another one here. Therapeutically throat fucking hose. No breath bitch choking on my dick's elbows. Thick nut giving niggas high power. Dense dick singing and the faggots all cower. To the supreme glean of the fuck machine on feet. Nigga make your asshole bleed unwashed it's unwiped unquote oh man that is a hell of a couple of verses right there the unwashed asshole nigga so those of you that have been part of that religion hopefully you uh hopefully you uh got some spiritual encouragement and enlightenment from that Michelle Kincaid says, it's been a while but weren't the Pharisees the ones that were going around bitching and moaning about Jesus yes uh, now, like I said, it, it can all depend on, like, the, the main thing that I remember was, was what was taught in the Jehovah's Witnesses. So obviously, I think each church is probably going to have a different view. But yeah, they were like, they were these very strict Pharisees. Uh, they would wear, like, scriptures on their head. They were, like, real haughty and virtue signally. And, uh... I got to dig up those pictures because I, if those pictures of the Pharisees ever uh, like got popular, and I don't think they would because Jehovah's Witnesses are kind of like a small cult, but I, they definitely would say that they're anti-Semitic. Some of the faces on these motherfuckers are hilarious. Anyway, she continues, they wanted Jesus crucified. They were the original virtue singers. Oh, 100%. They were known for their hypocrisy. It doesn't sound like our side to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chank is out of his mind. Chank is out of his mind. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I will. I will have to one of these days. I I think it was the Revelation book. I'm going to have to go through a lot of the old literature. I think it was a a publication. What was that called? It was called Revelation. It's grand climax at hand. I believe was the name. I think that's the one. Where where they would argue that yeah, it's anti-Semitic depictions of the Pharisees. But yeah, they, they were not fans. They were not fans of Jesus. All right, thank you, Michelle. Appreciate that. Okay, that is the end of the stream. Next stream is tomorrow. Should be around 10 Central. We'll be doing this uh, abbreviated schedule more frequently uh, for the next, I don't know, seven to 10 days, uh, something like that. Um, Thank you for all the people that sent Super Chats, Streamlabs, and Breaking News. Sincerely appreciate your support. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hardnewsnetwork, or on Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com, or on Twitter, which is at LiveHNN, wherever you're watching. <clears throat> Excuse me, on the stream or on the archive. I appreciate it. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.